And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. And oh, Matt, I'm all excited this week. I'm all jazzed. I'm all over the place because we have such a big glut of comic book news to cover this week. Oh boy, do we ever. We, this is probably this, like our, our like busiest show probably f mm. for a long time. Like yes, since, since probably Infinite Frontier was announced and all that sort of stuff. It's true. I can't remember the last time we had this much to cover on a single show, and it's good because last week we had so little to cover. <laughs> we did a whole Suicide Squad episode, so thank you everyone who watched and enjoyed that. Yeah, and we almost still went for like our unusual length of like 90 minutes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We did. So yeah, we're here tonight. It's Sunday night. It's showtime, everyone. Man, today... Today just flew by for me. I could not believe it was already 10 o'clock and it was time to do no. the show. No, I agree as well. Yeah, it's just like the morning for me because it's 12 p.m. noon mm. exactly now. And uh, yeah, the morning for me just like went by straight like real quickly. Yeah, it's all this time in lockdown. Time doesn't mean yeah. anything anymore. Yeah. Are, are, are you in the same terrible position I'm in now where like due to heat and just general everything, I can't fall asleep till like five in the morning now? No, no, I just don't fall asleep till five in the morning just because I'm up doing stuff. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you go. No, we 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 were in the good good part of weather where it's like sort of between summer and winter, but it's not really spring yet. It's just like that really nice weather. It's the worst for me because like I'll go to bed around midnight. You know, I'm a night owl anyway, whatever, and then I'll just you know lay there for a couple hours, and it's like, <laughs> God damn it, is that the sun coming up? Well, shit, I guess I better get to bed now. Damn yeah. it. And then, of course, I end up sleeping in till one to two because that's what happens when you don't go to bed till five. And I'm just like, I just feel so like unproductive. But then it's like, well, fuck, I shouldn't feel unproductive because I can't go anywhere or do anything anyway. Yeah. It was like the opposite for me uh, when we were in lockdown like a week and a half ago, where like when we when I went into lockdown, like I just shut down. It's like I'm I was starting to go to bed at like eight o'clock at night and mm. like waking up really early in the morning and be like, well, I can't do anything like. Yeah, I can't, but then like the minute lockdown finished i like went back to my regularly scheduled programming mm. i i need to reset my internal clock i just need to force myself to get up one day even if i feel like shit and just try and rock it out mm -hmm. but yeah so that's the kind of week i've been having there uh what else was up there Ooh, uh i watched that new Stephen amell show heels before we started i've been meaning to watch that it's on it's on my uh little watch list there i'm probably gonna watch it later on tonight on stars there yeah it's all right yeah it's pretty good yeah you it's all right there's like it's got a lot of those pilot problems where i'm like ooh, i hope they change that Ooh, i hope they smooth that out yeah well again it's a pilot it's probably shot you know six months before the actual uh, show was dang. actually in production everyone's making really bold choices with their accents let me just put it that way yeah it's one of those things but yeah you can tell it's a labor of love for amel that he put like all his hollywood juice and his post arrow money behind this was like this is what i really want to do this is the story i really want to tell and mm -hmm. he's telling it no that's good that's good oh also, I think the other guy who plays his brother was, like, in Vikings. He played, like, one of the Viking yeah. sons. Yeah, he was uh, Ragnar's son. Yeah, he's pretty good in this, too. I see a good career for that guy. Nice. His name is Ludwig, which I guess means he's either, like, actually Norse or German or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's doing all right on that one uh i keep waiting for the wrestling cameos because i know that they've like booked a bunch of guys like uh uh doc luke gallows is in one of the bigger scenes there <laughs> and you know he's in the scene because the man is such a fucking carny he's wearing his wrestling gear that he wears on television and a shirt for his own podcast hockey <laughs> shop. 
<laughs> I'm like, I fucking love you, you beautiful carny bastard. That's like what I would do if I showed up on a show and I wore a comic multiverse shirt. <laughs> God, I love wrestling. Uh, Callie in the channel again, helping us out there. Uh, do you know how many Batman slash adjacent books are going? Uh, yeah, actually, about half of them. The solicitations for DC came out this week, and literally 50% of all the books that came out were a, Batman a books. A billion, a billion. A billion trillion, this many. Yeah. <laughs> so many goddamn Batman books, which, man, I don't know what that says about your company. I mean, we'll talk about that when we get into the news, but it seems like DC in general, there's this feeling of, oh, oh, we better stick to what works. Oh, we better stick to what's always made money because we don't know what's going on. Yeah, they got that fear state coming up and like every single book is tying into mm. it. Yep, sure and, is. And they're announcing like a bunch of other books, which we'll talk about a little later on, that also tie into it. Sure is. Oh, the chat mentioned Stargirl. Yeah, Stargirl came back this week. It did, and it was good episode. It's as good as ever. I'm like, man, now I remember why I fell in love with this show so much, because it fucking rules. Yeah, and people were worried it was going to get diluted, because this is the season that kind of went to the CW. Uh... Yeah, nope, yeah. nope. Yeah, so far I don't see any difference. No. It's all pretty solid. They, they, they're they going out of their way to try and make Eclipso really scary and a real threat. Yeah, yeah, I love all the stuff with Eclipso. Especially that start stuff with, like, the little kids. Mm. Very. Kids are always creepy. Yeah. Goddamn children. Stop being creeping. Stop <laughs> creeping up our days. Uh, my favorite thing is that the actor who plays the little brother is now the same height as uh, what is it, the girl who plays Stargirl, and his voice is way deeper. Oh, someone hit puberty in between seasons, oh, brother. <laughs> and no one's mentioning it yet. I'm like, is anyone going to mention that this kid is that much taller and deeper voiced now? He's going to come back next episode with a full mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's how it works. <laughs> also, also, Joel McHale is running around. Yeah, I, I, I completely forgot he was. Uh, he's meant to be Starman, Sylvester Pemberton. <laughs> uh, so much happened at the end of Star Girl season one. You got yeah. Joel McHale coming back. You got references to the Shade, to the Eclipso Diamond, to the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Just yeah, they they, they really were like, look, if we get picked up for another season, we got to be sure to throw everything at them. Yeah, and oh, and like this episode, of course, we got uh, the first appearance of Jade uh, with the Green yes. Lantern stuff, which is really exciting. And I I know later on in the season, uh, John Wesley's ship is coming on as the Flash of Earth Two. Oh, uh, so it's the Flash from that he appears in as the Flash in the flash tv show but in this oh, show which means he's going to actually get good speed uh special effects and they might actually have him running properly unlike what they do in fucking flash all we could ever hope for uh asif again helping us out in the chat there i'm happy i can finally catch this live and we're happy you can be here live and we're you. happy that you dug deep there and helped out the show thank you yeah, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff happening in uh, Stargirl this season that has me very excited to check it out. Yeah. Uh, keep keep checking it out every week, especially after I've kind of I kind of cut Flash from my diet. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm probably going to go back to it at some point, but I'm in no rush. Yeah, it, it, and it's perfect as well because like, that show started as well. Superman and Lois finishes this week as well. So like you've got yeah. like you finish that show and go straight on into Stargirl. Yeah, it's really it's really good the way they figure that out. I think I think the networks and the channels have cracked this uh, TV thing. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can only we can only hope so. Uh, I, I guess is that everything then? I guess uh, we yeah. can hop into the news for this week because there's going to be a lot. There's a lot, yeah. 
<laughs> Magmaster saying any opinions on Titans. I still haven't watched it, and Matt still doesn't like it. Yeah, so I watched the go. first three episodes, and yeah, it's it's just shit. It's, how I, do people like this? I, I tapped awful. out at the first episode. I'm like, I do not see what people did. To, to, to quote our friend and frequent collaborator, Kurt, the idea there of being like, hey, what if we put together uh what you got let's put together uh like dark knight returns aesthetic with old wolfman perez stuff because that works when you put that together yeah yeah that i when 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 they announced that red hood was going to be in this show i thought like the whole season was going to be like covering like under the red hood uh they do it in the first 20 minutes of the first episode oh do they really yeah and like i think by the end of the second episode like they all know that jason is red hood and it like and they they kill off uh fucking hawk and yeah uh, well i'm sure that's not what people wanted or anything <laughs> yeah oh no pr pr probably is very much what people wanted because it's red hood just like shooting people and that's all his fans fucking care about so comes in blasting he's yep. coming in blasting yeah hey, hey on the upside we actually did get a trailer for doom patrol season three yes very excited for that Hey, we're finishing up last season. Sorry, COVID fucked us all over and we never actually got to finish uh, the story we were doing. But don't worry, because when we're done, we're going to do more Brotherhood of Dada stuff. And also, holy shit, is that Monsieur Mala in the brain? Yes, it is. <laughs> more weird, weird shit. Yes, please. Now, I wonder, are they going to be season-long villains, or are they going to do what they've done with other villains from the comics, and that is they're there once, and then that's it? I uh, may Maybe. Maybe it's like... like both of those villains like one takes a number of episodes and then the other takes a number of episodes so it's like three villains technically for the season and it's like short arcs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. perhaps who knows might, might also make it easier to deal while dealing with like covid and stuff so they don't yeah. have what happened at the end of the last season where they had to end it abruptly yeah that's a shame yeah here's hoping they don't have to do that also hey because the chat reminded me too that i promise we will move on and talk about comic book stuff yo uh marvel what if was also this week yeah that first episode with agent carter or captain carter mm. captain carter big big strong uh what is it big strong comic book wife what's yeah not to big love? big strong amazon woman mm big strong very big strong <laughs> fighting all the nazis big strong man i was shocked to see that they actually did so many direct references to the movie like recreated so many scenes so painstakingly well, it, it, it makes sense since uh like yeah it was basically the first avenger but with peggy in the steve role yeah and, and i like how that changes stuff where it's like yeah they don't make her be a uso soldier which means she has more time to get a jump on hydra and actually get the cue back from them way earlier way earlier yeah yeah, way freaking earlier. Also, too, that means that changes Red Skull's plan, so he can't make the big crazy bomber technology. So nope. instead, he goes to the weirder, more mysticism side of Hydra, which they first brought up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I'm like, wait, is this actually, are they actually referencing that now? Yeah, yeah, all the, like, Wolfenstein stuff. Very. I'm like, is this is this direct? Because if so, that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they, they fight, like, a big squid monster, which might not be Shuma Goreth, but it's not mentioned, you know. Maybe it's Hive, who knows. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like the whole wraparound they do too for it, where it's like, hey, and then Agent Peggy Carter, Captain Carter goes somewhere else. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I love that ending, how like they, they recreated that scene from Avengers where Loki gets teleported into Earth. Yeah. And you think it's like, oh, who's it going to be? Oh, it's, it's, it's Agent Carter. Oh, she's here. Oh. 
which again, as we assume there and as we've seen from the production artwork and everything, I guess all these different what if versions are coming together to form their own what if Avengers yeah. team. They're the guardians of the multiverse, is what they're called. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. It's uh it's zombies this week, right? Uh I'm not sure what this week's episode is. I want to say it's zombies. I think they like came out with like the actual episode synopsis they is did. late because they they did, but I I haven't been reading them. I want to be like kind of surprised. I know I think the third episode is the Doctor Strange one, which everyone right. it, like all the creators have been saying you got to keep an eye on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for all of this. I'm happy to take this ride. Yeah. Now, I guess with that out of the way, we can hop into the news this week. And like I said, we have so many earth-shattering topics this week that we are going to be talking about for a very long time now. Yes, yes. It was it was one of those weeks, as they say. Yeah, yeah, very. It's just one of them days, <laughs> as the as as the bard Limp Biscuit said. <laughs> Who's back making uh, music? Because it's the early two thousands again. I cannot fucking believe that that goddamn Fred Durst is back and looking like someone's dad. <laughs> he was rolling, 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 but a lot slower these days, you know, because he's got that lower back problem he's working on. <laughs> you know, he's rolling, rolling responsibly. Yeah. Actually, he's always been really responsible is the thing because he would like owned the goddamn record company. That's the thing. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, such a rebel r- limp biscuit. Yeah, chocolate starfish. No, dude, he was a fucking businessman, like a real serious <laughs> businessman the whole time. Yeah. He makes shitty movies now with John Travolta. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, the chat. Who? Fred Durst. <laughs> look it up. Look, That's that demographic. People don't know who Fred Durst is. Oh wow. man, I feel fucking old now. <laughs> you, you, you children. Goddamn man, we are old. This is the <laughs> fucked up thing. We're officially old now. No one knows our things anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, damn the kids in their rap rock new metal. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'd say look it up, but you you don't need to look up new metal. It's fine. <laughs> Though, honestly, I think, you know, maybe Angry White Boy should be allowed to have Angry White Boy music again. It'll at least keep them out of fucking politics, maybe, for a minute. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Keep them them away from fucking YouTube and everything. Like, hey, Fred Durst wasn't the worst, but at least as far as, you know, role models for the Angry White Boy set goes, (laughs) at least, you know, he wasn't, you know, you know, committing crimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was breaking stuff, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the chat there, my cousin gave me a Limp Biscuit poster and a Christmas gift. No shit, really? Do you still have it? <laughs> That's fucking amazing. All right, all right. We, we could talk about Limp Biscuit forever, but we actually have important shit to talk about this week. So. Yeah. <laughs> The big piece of news that happened this week that rocked the entire comic industry, I'm sure you saw it in your feed, I saw it in mine, is that James Tynan would be leaving DC Comics in November. Fear State would be his final Batman story, and he's done, he's walking away, he has not chosen to re-up his contract, even though they offered him a new three-year contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Callie saying there, did you guys see the maybe Moon Knight costume? Yeah, I did, it looked alright, I don't yeah. know if it's real though. Looks fine, yeah. It looks fine. I don't know if it's real, though. I mean, if it is real, I'd have no problem with it, but I'm skeptical about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, James Tynan walking away, not only from Batman, walking away from DC Comics and superhero comics, period, despite them assumedly giving him a bigger contract and more money. And that is because, well, he has options now, Matt. He's got a fuck ton of options. He does. He does. 
the biggest one, of course, is that, uh, what is it, his two last big indie outings, Something's Killing the Children, and Quiet House on the Lake is the other one? Yeah, yeah, the House on the Lake, yeah. Yeah, apparently those were, again, I don't really follow indie comics like I should, but I know everyone was raving about these, and apparently it's even more than that. They had two of the best debuts of any indie comics in decades. Yeah. With numbers, like, right up there and comparable to the best stuff at Marvel and DC. Mm -hmm. And they were so good, apparently, that Hollywood came a-calling, and uh, Netflix is already trying to turn them into, like, movies and TV shows and everything. Yeah, this and th th this sounds like it's one of those stories we've heard a hundred times before with other writers like Tom King and everything, uh, uh, where this one actually sounds like it's going to pan out. <laughs> it is, because here's the thing. That's two big Netflix things back-to-back. So man just got paid a fuck ton of money. And then on top of that, apparently they love what's going on with something's killing the children and uh, quiet house on the lake so much that they're even going back to his older indie work. Uh, what is it? Wind. Oh, it's, it's the nice house on the lake. Thank you. you know, the quiet house, the nice, it's nice. Cause it's quiet. <laughs> But yeah, so apparently they went back to his other indie work, Wind, and apparently Hollywood wants to adapt that too. So he just got paid three times with massive Hollywood checks that he owns absolutely everything in. Yep. And to top it off, the like cherry on the Sunday was, again, just a couple weeks ago when we reported on this, when we talked about it, he also won Best Writer at the Eisner. So yep. if you're James Tynan right now, you have no more worlds to conquer. Yeah, yeah, everything's there for you. You're being offered up everything and anything. All at once. And for a writer who's fairly young, like, yeah, he's, uh, what is it? He's, he's worked hard and everything he's worked at. Actually, shit, he's, he's been doing his thing for as long as we've been doing this because I remember when he was new and we mm -hmm. read his first book. Yep. So, holy shit, he's been at this for as long as we've been at podcasting. And Lord knows no one's trying to make a Netflix series of this show just yet. <laughs> So the man basically got fuck you money is what he got. And he's like, I don't actually need Batman anymore. You need me more than I need you. Yeah. And so he is leaving to concentrate on counting his Netflix and movie money. But also he's apparently throwing in behind a name. Oh, a name, Matt, that we have not heard in some time. Yep. A name that I thought would be forgotten forever. Substack. Substack, <laughs> of course, being the company that Nick Spencer left Spider-Man in comics to go handle, <laughs> that he was going to be the guy wheeling and dealing and trying to get creators into that. And uh, so far, so good, yeah. I would say. Yeah, he's gotten James Tynan. Yeah. <laughs> Not just James Tynan. James Tynan was just the beginning of a whole glut of writers who are going to be working with Substack now. Uh, other writers include Chip Zdarsky, mm -hmm. Scott Snyder, who also just inked a 10-comic deal with Comixology and yep. Dark Horse, Solid in a Mid, and oh yeah, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, yeah. So well, what was that thing about like comics dying and everything? Uh, you know? If anything, uh, they, they've been the, more profitable than ever before now. <laughs> apparently so. Apparently someone has a lot of money to throw around in comic books because they see the value of them as intellectual properties. And man... I was not seeing this. A lot of people were comparing this to like an image-esque uh, exodus mm. from the big two companies. And I don't know if we're quite there yet, as we'll get into as we talk a little bit more. Uh, George G., I was really surprised to hear about Tiny's departure. I wish him only the best in his future projects. Same, man. Every time I talk to exactly. him, he's been a super nice dude. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's an absolutely fantastic writer and lovely man. Lovely man. 
Yeah, really, really solid dude. Uh, yeah, really nice guy. Always talked to me. Hell, I talked to him when he was just starting, when he had like just done annuals and doing talent. So he was like one of my very first uh, interviews. So it's mm -hmm. real cool to see the man succeeding in that regard. But uh, this, of course, begs the question, okay, so what the hell actually is Substack if it's actually, you know, courting all of these major comic writers? Again, not just comic writers, but, like, the top guys in their industry, the guys writing X-Men, Spider-Man, mm -hmm. Batman, Daredevil. What are they doing to get them? So, essentially, Substack, and I actually made an account because I actually wanted to see what the hell it looked like and how it worked. <laughs> So Substack, as far as I can tell, you know, they started out, uh, what is it? It's like a political website. It's like a place to get articles from people you like. You could get on mailing lists and follow them around and everything. Yeah. It's still pretty much like that as like a means of distribution. But it's also kind of like Patreon now for creators. Mm -hmm. The idea being if I make a comic, I can distrib distribute it through Substack to people who follow me via, like, you know, the whole, uh, what is it, the whole chain letter thing, so long as you pay and so long as I have your email and everything. The big difference between Substack and Patreon is obviously Patreon, you start with nothing and you got to try and build something off the back of it for fans to support you. Yep. Substack actually pays you money to use their service and then you, like, what is it, collect uh, fees from everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a creator, basically sounds like the ultimate win-win. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Then again, I was also raised to believe if something is too good to be true, it probably is. And I'm like, okay, but what's the catch, though, on this? <laughs> what, is, what is the horrible catch on this? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's gotten so crazy, too, is that all these same writers who have now left, you know, mainstream comics to write stuff on Substack... It's even more than that. They're saying uh, that they're going to be leaving social media now, that mm. they're going to be doing all of their stuff via Substack to people who pay them money so they can basically just, you know, market and sell their stuff to people who know their stuff and are paying money. And I'm like, wow, how much money are they offering you that you're just going to get off Twitter and Instagram and Facebook? It must be I mean, pretty, like, they must get a pretty decent, like, percentage of all of this. They must. They really must, or at least so good where it's like, yeah, I'll fucking stop doing social media. Social media sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll happily go somewhere else where, you know, people can't yell at me and can't try and start <laughs> fights with me just for trying to do my job. And if they do, they have to pay. <laughs> they have to pay for you. Like, wow. That Someone's got to do life. that as well. Someone's absolutely got to do oh, that. Yeah. Oh, 100% they're going to do it. That's the other thing, too. They haven't quite announced what the pricing is going to be yet. And for mm -hmm. a lot of people, this ends up being the sticking point where it's like, okay, how much money do I have to pay a month to be part of the Tynan Substack? And if I like reading other stuff, does that mean I have to pay the same amount or more to be part of the Snyder and the Hickman and the Zadarsky? And eventually it starts piling up there and it's like, okay, am I paying as much for this as am I am paying for regular comics? And also, I'm not going to be getting physical editions. They're very cagey about that. Who's getting physical editions and who's not? Yeah, yeah. That's that's another thing because, you know, is this going to be another like Netflix Steam type situation where it's like, well, do I really own my comics I buy now when mm. I choose to buy them here? Yeah. Uh, NR saying that the catch is they aren't obligated to give you the comic in the same month. So, again, a Patreon model, basically. Like, again, yeah. we're not obligated to give you the podcast every month if you're a patron, but God damn it, I feel like I should. Yeah, yeah. 
So maybe I am obligated. I'll just, you know, spend sleepless nights being like, fuck, I should really give them something, though, because they're giving me <laughs> money. Fuck. So, I mean, really, again, on paper, this sounds like a beautiful situation where it's like, okay, you're putting the power completely in the hands of creators to know themselves, know yep. their audience, and let them deal with them directly. Yeah, yeah. And if you're Marvel in DC, how do you feel about this? Are you pulling your hair out? Are you getting scared now that they're essentially cutting you out? Well, th that's the interesting thing. It's like, uh, like who's going to fill in these voids uh, with like the talent they've got still? Now, so far, there's no like conflicting contractual stuff where it's like, look, Tynan is free to finish up what he's doing on Batman and go do Substack. He just didn't renew his contract. Mm -hmm. Zdarsky, uh, Snyder, Hickman, they're still doing all the stuff that they're already doing. They're just also doing Substack on the side because, yeah. again, Marvel and DC don't see it as a threat yet. But when yeah. they do start seeing it as a threat and when they do start signing new people, will there be no substat clauses where you're not allowed to do your <laughs> own side project on there? Well, no, I, I don't think it would be that that uh, that aggressive because a lot of you would already, hope not. a lot of them already do like their own indie stuff on the side. Uh, I, I would beg to think that maybe they'll start offering them a bit more lucrative maybe they'll bring back the exclusive contract thing because mm. that thing just went away and then substack yeah. came in um i know right i bet they're kicking themselves for the timing hey we've done away with exclusive contracts for most of our people fuck we should have had those exclusive contracts yeah so maybe they'll bring them back in some way and just offer up some like really uh tantalizing stuff to get them back in or something quite possibly maybe they'll offer them some stock i don't know maybe some yeah. merch <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe bigger cuts of the characters they own because it's funny this story couldn't have hit at a better time because there was also an article floating around from uh what is it brubaker and a mm -hmm. few of the other creators who were upset at what they got on the movie side of things where it's like hey i invented the winter soldier i wrote that story they turned it into a billion dollar movie and another billion dollar franchise on top of it you know what i got a thank you in five grand yeah i got invited to the premiere yeah which pff, here's my thing that that's total bullshit and that sucks and yet in the back of my mind as a comic fan who has been uh, you know conditioned to think so much worse i'm like wow you got a thank you wow they actually gave you money wow <laughs> i because i assumed it was always nothing and if you talk to mm -hmm. people like jerry conway who has to like fight tooth and nail to be like hey you know i invented all of this like uh what is it firestorm stuff why aren't i being thanked in the credits for flash till they eventually do it yeah yeah and like the Ghost Rider guy who also had to fight tooth and nail for stuff and shit. This goes back even further to like Siegel and Schuster who mm -hmm. were broken destitute at the yep. end of their careers and they created fucking Superman. Yeah, they had to, their families had to fight on their behalf to try and get something. And eventually they did, which is why in the comics you see their names always uh, credited by Superman and Superboy. Yeah, which again, and that was decades after the fact, and that was the bare minimum where it's like, mm -hmm. look, okay, we might not be able to get the money there out, but you got to at least thank them. You got to at least put mm -hmm. their name on it. And again, it's it's all these goddamn like suits, all these lawyers and everything that mm -hmm. that like do all this sort of stuff. It's not like it's not like you're yeah yeah like Kevin Feige or anything willingly uh. doing this. It's all like the suits and stuffs out of his control, basically. 
Yeah, this was like predatory shit that was done in like the goddamn 30s and they just yeah. never got rid of it. Because again, if you're a comic writer, you're a freelancer. If you're a comic <laughs> artist, you're a freelancer. There's no union protection out there. So just yet another thing in American culture where it's like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if there was some protection from this shit? Uh, the chat asking the question too, where it's like, is this sustainable? Uh, for Tynan, it's definitely sustainable because he has fuck you money now. <laughs> He's totally cool rolling the dice on this because it sounds like he became very rich in a very short amount of time. Yeah, or at least he's got like, you know, something to fall back on in case it, if it doesn't work out or anything. Absolutely. Guys like Hickman and Snyder, they've been at this a long time. I don't know what their portfolios look like. Maybe they have some stuff squirreled away too. I mean, well, friggin' Snyder just signed a 10 book deal for Comicsology and Dark he, Horse. He also like awesome. teaches as well. He, he also he, teaches on the yeah, side, uh, too. I think the Andy Cubit school or something. So, yeah, he's he's got stuff to fall back on and probably got a nice nest egg from the Amazon Corporation mm -hmm. and Comixology and everything. As for the other guys, I don't know. If it's tenable, we're really going to have to wait and see because we are in the wait and see phase right now. Obviously, I'm sure you have stories. I have stories, too, of other similar uh, freaking startups that crashed and burned, and it could still very well be that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's also one of those things too where it's like, God damn, how unhappy must you have been at these other companies where it's like, yep, I'm going to roll the dice on this Substack thing. Nick Spencer seems to trust is, it. Is it, a, is it. Is it is it a, a question of whether he was unhappy or just the fact that it was so enticing he got to do his own thing? I'm sure it's a little of both. I know there's some like, you know, quotes floating around there that maybe attributed to him, maybe not. There's a lot of hearsay and conjecture. I so did I don't see something about like, uh, when he was going on subset again this is bleeding cool so it's probably hyperbole like taking shit out of context and stuff yeah. uh he did say he was going to start like talking about 5g and like the stuff mm. like when dan didio was at like uh dc and stuff and uh on one hand that's pretty interesting on the other hand it's a little bit petty you're kind of burning it your is. bridges there a little bit so again it kind of makes me question whether that yeah. was actually true or not exactly but then at the same time too i'm like man's got fuck you money this is the fuck you part of having <laughs> fuck you money <laughs> jace jensen saying the uh this is only going to support our favorite writers work in their dream projects yeah and when you put it that way it's really hard to fight with it it's like yeah. yeah i like this guy i'd like to put you know cash into his pocket that you know doesn't get picked on by the big corporate guys and the suits and the executives mm -hmm. and everything yeah i am very intrigued to see what uh like projects they they're going to be working on like are they, is this going to be like are they going to be all individual is this going to be the start of like the sub substack uh imprint universe oh my sort god of thing? i'm sure they've talked about that i'm sure they're like hey let's do our own thing but also wouldn't it be cool if they were interconnected like image was back in the day yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, the, the quote, too, from that Bleeding Cool article, which, again, probably wrong, take with a grain of salt, that stuck out to me was, again, a quote con uh, attributed to, you know, why Tynan was creating so many new characters in his Batman run, which is divisive. I know you and I liked it because it's like, yeah, give us new characters. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, shit, you, you have the Penguin in Detective Comics and he's not fucking doing anything. Might as well give us something new. Apparently, the reason that, you know, that led to so much frustration on Tynan's part and why he created so many original characters was attributed to the fact that it's like, you know, every DC character now in this age of multimedia has a different mandate attached to them and mm -hmm. a different thing that I can and can't, can't do. do. And as yeah. Yeah, and as a writer, it's stifling, and mm -hmm. it's, you know, shackling and everything, and it's like, basically, I created a bunch of new characters, 
because they couldn't tell me what to do with them yeah he could do whatever he wants with and now when they're reused again he'll probably get like some sort of kickback he gets a little little bit of money off the back of which again we call that the bendis school of writing yeah. uh, well again again yeah again, i was actually about to mention it. it's like it, it, you see writers do this all the time and that's probably the main reason why they do it they create new characters not just because they'll get like some sort of kickback but because they're not don't have to adhere to like a strict set of rules like this character has to be like act like this or like mm -hmm. he can't be showing in this light or that light yeah, and stuff yeah. like that they can do whatever they want we have a movie coming up so yeah. hey don't do that yeah we draw him like this and make him wear yeah. this costume this sort of stuff yeah yeah don't don't kill them yet don't marry them don't do any of this other stuff because we need to keep them clean and pure for the future mm-hmm and hey, uh, speaking of the future, this actually uh, dovetails quite nicely with the next story. So Tynan is done in November mm -hmm. at the end of Fear State, and they're already trying to hype up the next big thing for Batman, even though they haven't announced who the new creative team is going to be for Batman. Yeah. <laughs> the next big thing is going to be something called Shadow of the Bat, which of course is a long-running title that they've done. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is, as we can see from this uh, Fear State Omega cover art apparently at the end of fear state for some reason or another batman will be leaving gotham city for some reason he'll be leaving gotham and not coming back and it's up to the other heroes to try and fill the void so it's fucking battle for the cow without being called battle for the cow yeah. and he's not dead he's just gone how ironic is it that batman is leaving the book around the same time the writer is leaving <laughs> again the, again it'll be the they're just putting him in uh stasis for now for like probably yeah. only a couple of months until they they narrow down a writer and then they'll have the big probably number one again return of batman yeah the batman returns yep which again that makes it feel like that tiny not re-signing really took dc by surprise, surprise. we're like but yeah but 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 we thought you would yeah well you <laughs> thought wrong yeah maybe they got yeah got a little bit too cocky with like oh hey, of course he will it's batman you know we're getting letting him do kind of whatever he wants you know yeah batman will be joining substack you're right chad that's why he <laughs> left but batman yeah. has his own Bruce, vigilante Bruce, projects. Bruce wayne joined substack <laughs> he has his own vigilante projects there that he's going to be selling to you directly <laughs> <laughs> he hopes that you will enjoy them and his you know bruce wayne newsletter every month <laughs> it's gonna be great it's gonna be great you're gonna love it uh, i guess this begs the question too and you know chat feel free to weigh in on this as well who's going to be the next person to take on batman because again as tynan said before he was only supposed to write till issue 100 he was only mm -hmm. supposed to write until joker war was done then ridley would come on and you know the whole 5g new batman thing would have taken over obviously that didn't happen that got shifted around we got future state books and digital books and now uh what is it jace fox is getting a whole other book that came out this week well see uh, yeah i could see him like doing that book and then maybe Ridley doing the actual Batman book with like a fully established Jace Fox. Cause the I am Batman yeah, looks to be just like setting up his, his, uh, going like finding out what kind of Batman he wants to be and everything. So you've got that story in that book. And then in the Batman book, you've got Jace Fox as Batman proper. It, it does kind of feel like we had several, like, you know, uh, what is it? Origin story starts for Jace. Like, okay. Yeah. And now, and now, yeah, having it be Ridley would make sense because they're like, well, we had you in the hopper already, didn't we? Mm -hmm. And you kind of didn't get your chance, so maybe now is the time. Yeah, chances are they'll have like a uh, a stopgap writer 
one will come in for like an arc until like whoever's next be it ridley or someone else uh has enough issues like stacked so they can just start releasing them or something usually have a goes i know some people were saying jorge jimenez because he's been doing such an amazing job drawing maybe he should get to write some he's staying on as artist he is which is good because batman looks fucking sweet now yeah it looks great batman looks sweet awesome a lot of people of course jumped to taylor see i think they had the option to put taylor in charge of batman a long time ago and they didn't do it because he's not under an exclusive contract though maybe they'll want him under one now to stop him from going to i just find it funny that like you need to be in an exclusive contract to write like the 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 main batman book well meanwhile they've got the guy writing like the next big uh event coming out uh well next big couple of events coming out they've got him writing in the fucking superman main book you know a bunch of other batman like tie-in books you know yeah exactly you could you can write a superman that's not quite superman and you can write all these other big events but no no we gotta write get you on an exclusive (laughs) contract meanwhile they don't do that with other characters because again fucking g willow wilson wrote wonder woman for a bit and was writing other stuff for marvel at the same time yeah 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 it's so weird always, it's so fucking yeah, weird it's it's bat privilege is what it is we only <laughs> give a shit about batman he's he's our specialist boy <laughs> he's our goodest specialist boy pat his head why don't you <laughs> uh other people said matthew rosenberg yeah rosenberg is on a similar track to tiny and that is he's been putting in his work all over the place and i think it's only a matter of time before one day he gets his chance yeah yep I mean, come on, they, they gave him Grifter, and he didn't scoff about it. <laughs> he actually wrote something really great with Grifter. Yeah, you, you passed the Grifter test, Rosenberg. <laughs> now you get to write Batman. <laughs> other people saying Joshua Williamson. I think Williamson is too busy with the hundred yeah, other oh things yeah. he's doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, like, Look, he's I, moved above Batman, and now he's on like the crisis-level events. Yeah, I, I can't write Batman because I'm too busy holding up this fucking universe almost yeah. single-handedly now yeah. with my ideas. But yeah, so yeah, there's your big tie-in news, everyone, there. And again, we're going to be talking about this for a long time to come because this I think this is the beginning of something. I really do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the reverberations from this we're going to feel a long time coming and again like i said so much of this is so new we don't even know the price point for this substack stuff yet yeah and all the all uh their particular stuff at least yeah what's that going to be so again i I really thought when spencer left for substack it's like oh well he's going for another weird startup we probably won't hear about him or that company ever again (laughs) boy was i wrong boy was i wrong and maybe it's good that i was wrong i mean hey if it keeps our favorite creators happy and helps them put a little bit more money in their pocket then it can only be a net good yeah yeah here's hoping the people who run it don't turn out to be like a bunch of fucking weirdos bunch of like yeah ponzi scheme fucking con men or something yeah because let's face it when they were describing substack to me i'm like this this sounds like some weird email you get from russia yeah yeah also, people making the argument, too, where it's like, oh, you know, Substack is so much better. It's not a cesspool like Twitter is. And I'm like, well, apparently you can do a lot of shitty stuff on Substack, too, if you're one of those people. So <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. <laughs> yeah. M- much like YouTube. Uh, that's right. They put that in there, too. They put YouTube in there as well. That's not a cesspool. I'm like, hey, I know YouTube's a cesspool. Don't tell me. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my part of the pool clean and without peeing it. Come on. <laughs> I'm trying here. 
Maybe. <laughs> Again, should the comic multiverse have a substack? Should that be the new thing? We just go right there. It's the same show. It's just in friggin' in, in text form. <laughs> it's in text form. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just a transcript. <laughs> Yeah, I literally thought of that too. I'm like, should we make a new show for Substack? Should we do the thing? And then I'm like, I think anyone who would want to join the Comic Multiverse Substack has already joined our Patreon. So, like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get in the Comic uh, Multiverse Substack, yeah, tell me about it. Tell you what, if we think of a good idea for it, we'll do it. Hey, <laughs> hey, will that place let us do commentaries and show the videos and movies? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Substacks is only fans for comic writers. I mean, yeah, and OnlyFans has been really successful for the people who use it <laughs> and much similarly allows you to put money in those people's pockets who deserve it without several other parties taking the money. Though mm -hmm. from what I understand, OnlyFans is cracking down on that too, much like freaking uh what is it, Tumblr did. Yeah, they're moving away from uh all, all the uh pornographic material because uh, they're a and, real company now. <laughs> and acting just like Tumblr about it, too. There's erotica on our website. We had no idea. What? No. We're for we're for a wholesome content. Only fit. No, not us. Never us. We're just we're just making money off the back of these sex workers yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we can then so we can then try and turn to something else. And again, much like Tumblr, let's see what happens when you try and take the porn out of it. <laughs> does not end well never ends well <laughs> <laughs> yes uh get there for her josh hickman feet pics yeah <laughs> that's what it's all about it's like look so i wanted to put way more feet in this x-men run and they just wouldn't let me <laughs> it's all here now it's like but hickman this is just a whole book of feet i know yeah, right yeah, it's, it's been building up to this this is what <laughs> this is what like uh this is how they made the mysterium and were able to like like colonize mars it was all because of the feet <laughs> All because of the feed. Well, I guess it's good we found out now, Mr. Hickman, this way. <laughs> the serums, the, the, the life-giving serums that we gave to all the humans are all made from, like, feet shavings from, from Nightcrawler and, and all those people. <laughs> that would be a real dick move. You really want to understand the reign of X and where it's going? Give me three ninety nine for my substack. <laughs> Tell you all about it. Here's the panels that were too spicy. We yeah, I'll, spo I'll, I'll spoil it before the books come out man dc man. solicitations did that with suicide squad this week i know i know they, they did. goddamn they're spoiled fucking... the fucking superboy reveal god damn it yeah they're really bad about that they really are <laughs> yeah solicitations they've been doing that for a while dc is worse about it than marvel is marvel yeah. will even go like a step too far like who could it be it's a mystery we know who it is come on <laughs> we know who it is where dc's like here you go we don't give a fuck <laughs> The worst part is, is that when I'm interviewing a creator and I have to break their heart by telling them something that they didn't know was already out there in solicitations oh, and no. them having and them having to stifle like a motherfucker. Twice I've done that. Once when I interviewed Kyle Higgins during Nightwing and once when I interviewed Jimmy Palmiotti during, uh, what is it, during his uh, All-Star Western run. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I, to I told them information they didn't know was already out there in the world. They're like, motherfucker, they're going to ruin the surprise. <laughs> I worked really hard on that, and then they just put it in the solicitation, those dicks. <laughs> and that's another reason why creators are going to Substack. Because <laughs> no one can spoil it in solicitations there. <laughs> well, uh, at least we, they might do solicitations. Start doing solicitations. The Substack solicitations. It could be. Man, that's going to be a crazy-ass world we're in where we got to read the Substack solicitations. It's solicitations for fucking newsletters. <laughs> Man. 
2022 is going to be crazy, y'all. Just saying. <laughs> going to be mad. All right. Now with that out of the way, we can move on to other topics. Because believe it or not, we're still not done. No, no. <laughs> so the trailer for this dropped a couple weeks ago, and we didn't talk about it because I couldn't bring myself to care. But now that there's two new stories attached to it, I guess I do have to mention it. Venom, Let There Be Carnage is getting pushed back because, oh, no, we all opened too early. But, oh, no, there's a fourth wave coming. So I guess we got to stop shit now. Yeah, eh, I don't care. Same. Nothing is lost. I was not excited for this. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. It'll be the same if I watch it in my house eventually. Yeah. It's all, it's yeah. all the same. I ain't, I ain't getting COVID to go see fucking tom hardy sweat for two hours <laughs> but he did all his own sweat stunts <laughs> what what about woody harrelson biting people don't you love that that is how he becomes carnage because he bit him yes exactly like the comics you know even even in a universe of dumb space parasites and living suits i'm like really he yeah. becomes carnage because he bit seriously yeah. of course it's because they couldn't they couldn't figure out how to do this without like like somehow having spider-man involved mm-hmm. it's the same with like ve- like venom and everything he doesn't actually it like how does he exist because there's no spider-man before eddie gets the the symbiote doesn't make any sense I, I guess this is one of those things we're not supposed to take seriously because the movie's clearly a comedy now because you can see the lord and miller uh what is it effect on it where it's like no people liked the first one because it was dumb and bad so lean into making it dumb and bad did people like it because of that because i've seen people who genuinely like the film and are like what the fuck are you smoking it it is weird again the, the the fact that reactions run as hot and cold as they do to this movie blows my mind because in our review i said it's like there's barely any movie here at all no yeah it's just scenes it's it's just scenes stitched together but yeah this is one of those times too and i mentioned this on twitter where it's like they're gonna actually try and make this a better movie and i think by making it a better movie they're gonna alienate a part of the audience who are like oh no i liked the first one because it was bad yeah yeah or also when you try and make a bad movie on purpose (laughs) that usually doesn't work out usually you know to create a room or something you have to be you know genuine about it yeah genuinely uh like incompetent and like believe in like the the product you're making and everything except it doesn't never pans out (laughs) the stupidity of it all yeah i will say i did think it was kind of funny that like when woody harrelson is just sitting there not as carnage He's got, like, one of those, like, fun pattern suit jackets that's mm-hmm. red and black. I'm like, oh, so it looks like his comic costume. Yeah, yeah. I'm just upset he doesn't have that wig that he had at the end I of, know, right? of Venom. Why? Why did they get rid of that wig? He needs to have the wig all the time, and, n- like, no one needs to talk about the wig. Like, everyone is just actively ignoring the fact that he's wearing yeah. a bad wig. Yeah, it never comes up. Never comes up at all. This also looks like Woody Harrelson being like, "You, you got me for like half the day, so we better like knock this out." Oh yeah, do you do you want to bet that like like uh, Cletus isn't actually in the film all that much, and it's just mostly what's on screen at the moment, which is just mm-hmm. a mess of CG, bad CGI tentacles, CG comic, uh, yeah, CG animation monster, absolutely. And they have someone why... else doing the voice because it sounds like like it's like a monster voice. It's not actually Woody's voice, yeah. I, I very much think so, which is why they gave him the jacket, because it's like, look, he doesn't want to put on the suit. He doesn't want to put on any of the gray pajamas or anything to try and kind of make this a thing. So just give him a jacket. He, he actually a just like wore that to set. Like <laughs> he, 
he is a fashion trendsetter. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. This can't possibly make a billion dollars again, right? This can't fluke its way into a billion dollars not, again. Not in COVID. Not, in COVID, not like uh, in a COVID world. <laughs> nothing. No. Yeah, nothing can make a billion dollars now. Yeah, well, I'm still like surprised the first one fucking did i feel like i was taking crazy pills people see the same, same movie we saw i know it's it, it I, the fact that we're still talking about venom because of that blows my mind i'm like oh this is a nothing movie this is going to be forgotten this is going to be like fan four stick everyone's going to be like oh yeah they did do that didn't they yeah it was it was like the perfect storm of that stuff it was like a film steeped in like early 2000s like uh like mannerisms of how they'd make like action films and like mm-hmm. superhero films it had a fucking uh a song in the soundtrack by eminem mm-hmm. uh like all these things that would be like oh in like 2005 this movie would have would have been a hit and it like came somehow from... it fucking was a hit in fucking what 2018 <laughs> yeah came from a completely different time and place and yet somehow it found an audience which on one hand i'm like i guess that's good i yeah. guess yeah uh, i don't know and also the fact that they had to make a venom movie divorced from everything spider-man even though that's kind of the point yeah yeah it's a fuck of a thing yeah. let's put it that it's, way it's fucking sony man tell me about it shit mm-hmm. <laughs> uh all right what else we got after that oh we mentioned tom taylor so let's mention him again uh his big secret project for dc that he's kind of been leaving little breadcrumb trails for finally got announced this week and it's medieval dark knights of steel yeah this was there was some middle ages thing uh, re- uh like that was like rumored to be happening at dc uh and i guess this is it I guess so. Uh, Jace Jensen helping us again. Uh, because the first movie, we had the amazing Venom uh, run by Coat, so I'll take it where I can get. Fair enough. If there's a silver lining, that's the silver yeah. lining. Yeah. There you go. Someone else saying Tom Hardy puts asses in seats. Does he? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never considered him to be a leading man. I've always thought him to be a more interesting character actor. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, and definitely not like, like you look at like these Mad Max characters and stuff like that not the main character even though his name's no. on the poster but like he's better as that that side character character actor choose Very. up the scenery i guess that's what he did in venom though so true enough yeah i guess maybe it did play to his uh <laughs> play to his fucking strengths i guess yeah. <laughs> but yeah so dark knights uh, of steel exactly what it looks like what if all your favorite dc characters were knights and queens and jesters and everything yeah this is some universe some uh alternate reality where it's just all set in like medieval times and the answer to what if that happened would be it would be cool yeah it'd be awesome did you see some of the co- variant covers they're all done like D uh character Ooh. sheets it's like a superman one not. with all these like strength and agility and and all oh, that sort of stuff good. yeah oh that's good oh we might have to do something to tie into that we might have <laughs> to do the medieval times uh justice league <laughs> this is cool too because you know it always feels like there's not enough that either comic company puts in for sword and sorcery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm glad to see that we finally have an option now for it and it's also sword and sorcery featuring you know the big triple a characters not the side characters like shining knight and stuff yeah oh i have a f- i no doubt knowing uh taylor that will be integrally involved in all of this because <laughs> if not why even do it yeah we're gonna see merlin morgan lefay we're gonna see all those characters etrigan probably because he's yep. from that time yeah as you said shining knight people like that yep 
yeah, you're right. Jay's Green Arrow better be in it, and he better be Robin Hood with the little hat. <laughs> oh, you know he is. That, that, that's like a, that was like the first thing Tom Taylor wrote on the whiteboard underneath mm. the name of the the book. You know, Green Arrow equals Robin Hood. <laughs> I am Oliver of Queensbury, and these are my merry men. <laughs> we rob from the rich and give to the poor. We call it the redistribution of wealth. <laughs> but yeah, this this looks super cool. I'm super on board for this. Yeah. It's going to be good. Man, he's got this. He's got uh, Dark Ages uh, at Marvel. Just killing it. Yeah, that's coming out soon, isn't it? feels like it's it taking forever to come out, that. I mean, everything's coming out forever now <laughs> because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. Uh, but we're not done there. We got more DC books coming out, uh, as we found from the solicitations this week. Uh, hey, you've been liking that uh, in Infinite Frontier? We've been reading that Infinite Frontier? Yeah. Well, guess what? It doesn't end there because Justice League Incarnate is getting their own miniseries from Josh Williamson. Yeah, a direct sequel from uh, Hell yeah. Infinite Frontier. Yeah, because they're a big part of that story, and you know, the story couldn't stop there. Yeah looks good uh and surprising too that it took them this long to give us a straight up justice league incarnate book yeah yeah i seriously thought like between multiversity and now we would have at least had one run somewhere yeah you, you would have think they would have pulled the trigger on because it's such a cool concept it's exiles yeah. but for the dc universe yeah and I, I guess that's where we're going now with this you know what it is they couldn't do it until there was a batman on the team <laughs> now they have a batman and they can do it <laughs> that's true yeah yeah, they've got I all, guess the, they've got basically all the members of the Justice League on there somehow. Sure, they sure did. I guess this also answers the hanging question too, and that is what happens to Thomas Wayne? His own Earth is destroyed. He can't go back to the main universe. Oh, he just sticks around with Justice League Incarnate. Yeah, I guess he finds his team. I they'll, they'll make it. They'll do something where it's like, oh, they're all a band of like people who can't go back to their own mm. own worlds or something. Yeah, misfits, tramps, and thieves. Yeah uh kali helping us out again there you think uh this is the start of a new taylor universe he really could i'm sure <laughs> we could make a big long theory video about how injustice dark knights of steel deceased how they all connect yeah they all connect via the omniverse yeah how they're all actually part of the same universe it's like the pixar theory <laughs> that's what it is it's the pixar theory you know this is in the past this is in the future yeah it's all there it's all good <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, I'm super stoked for this. I love how Williamson has been writing the Justice League Incarnate. I'm more than happy to go on another adventure with them. I like it, and I like that it's uh, the same. We'll talk about it when we talk about uh, Infinite Frontier this week. But like, I just like that it's it's not the Justice League as the main characters, and like it's it's different versions of characters we know. So we basically get to like experience them for the first time again uh you can explore with them explore with like mm. calvin ellis and uh re recorrecting everything that was done wrong with the flashpoint batman uh, yeah, yeah gotta gotta rehab that character yeah having calvin ellis in such a strong uh leading role too i'm sure is also a dc mandate right now because like uh we're probably gonna get movies and tv shows about him at some point yeah, i'm fine with that same he's a cool character i like it uh captain coon in the chat again also helping us out harley quinn is a harley quinn in knights of steel mm, technically she's a jester a harley quinn is a nouveau riche french thing <laughs> that didn't happen till later we're in the wrong time here sorry to be a fucking nerd about sexy clown <laughs> women but uh i put a lot of time you see uh the, the harley quinn actually comes from italian theater and <laughs> 
it's a whole thing. Uh, Tevi in there. Well, what about the JSA book? Where's that? Oh yeah, that's coming out. Give it some time. You know, it was only announced like a couple of weeks ago in that Star Girl book. Yeah, I was just say. I guess that Star Girl book basically is as close as you're getting to a JSA book. Oh no, we're actually getting one. That was the the announcement in the back of that book that there was a JSA book coming. Oh, it is actually happening. I assume. Yeah, that it we was we just don't know uh, when it's going to be happening. I have to imagine it'll be within the new year sometime. Right. Mark okay. Wade just came back to the company to DC, and... so maybe he's writing it with Jeff Johns. Seems seems uh seems likely, I would say. Yeah. Because they both love that era, don't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's not just the league getting some love. Wonder Woman is getting some love too. The Wonder Woman book is actually rebranding with a new number one and a new writer. Yeah. Or oh, this is this is like a mini series. Is it? I assume that it was the next thing because they make it sound like, like it's six the next issues thing. or something. There's, okay. I think it it technically is, but it's a mini series before they imagine they go back to uh, whatever. Okay, because I was gonna say, are they doing uh, the same thing they're doing with Shang Chi, where it's like it's a new mini series? No, it's not. It's volume two. Yeah, but <laughs> shut up. People like new number ones. It's called Wonder Woman Evolution. It's written by Stephanie Phillips, who of course is writing Harley right now, mm-hmm. which I'm hearing great things. I haven't had a mm. chance to read it yet, but I'm she, hearing good things. She wrote uh, the Harley Quinn Future State books, and they were wonderful. They were excellent, yeah, as the most I enjoyed Harley outside the show in a while. Yeah. But yeah, so this basically, again, sounds like a continuation of where Wonder Woman's at right now. She ascended to a higher plane. She started screwing around in time like sliders, and now it seems that she's going to basically be the champion that will decide if Earth will be destroyed or not. Yeah, pretty much where they were sending her character. Because I I just caught up on all her issues, and it's been pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it sounded cool. I she just fought Wonder Man so. and the uh, the Justice, Ooh. the gender bent Justice League of uh, Earth <laughs> twenty. You know, you know that Earth where like Batman's the woman and there's Super Superwoman and and Aquaman, yeah. Aquaman's uh, Aqua uh, Woman who's on the Justice League Incarnate and yeah. I, uh, I I I love the gender bent Earth. It's such a fun idea. Yeah, yeah. Much like Justice League Incarnate, how have we not got a gender bent ongoing series? I think that would be really popular. Yeah. But yeah, so this looks to be a continuation of that. Phillips has been doing really good recently. Again, you know, I, I so want to get into Wonder Woman, and I, and I love this pitch, but I feel like this is just the rut that Wonder Woman has been stuck in. Hey, new status quo, new writer. Okay, new status quo, new writer again. <laughs> Nothing can ever stick. Nothing can ever stay for Wonder Woman. Well, this recent run uh, by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad feels like uh, what uh, uh, Robert Vendetti did with Hawkman and his run, where it's like, we're making it everything. We're, we're putting it all together and you, you know if you, if you liked you know the wonder woman in the 70s that's in here if you like the wonder woman uh from the early 2000s that's in here you know it's all in here it all matters as it should be for wonder woman a character who has had such a history and again the only thing consistent with wonder woman is the inconsistency <laughs> like you know batman superman they get big long you know years long runs wonder woman's like eh, change it eh, do this do that we have to keep printing it but do whatever yeah <laughs> It would be nice that they could have the thing where it's like, no, this is the Wonder Woman you need to read. No, Wonder Woman's the biggest, hottest book right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, saying who would win in a fight, Captain Carter or Wonder Woman. <laughs> well, you know, that's for the fan art community to decide, not me. <laughs> it's all up to you guys. Let's let's see what you got. Now <laughs> ah, they'll make it a fucking death battle at some point. Everything becomes a goddamn death battle at some yeah, point. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I like that show, even though sometimes the matchups are like, are you serious? Come on. <laughs> it's very obvious who's going to win this. 
you know what it is? Sometimes it feels like an algorithm is writing it where it's like, look, we crunched the numbers and this seems like that it would probably bring in the most <laughs> views, which might explain why Death Battle is one of the most successful things on the internet. They put it, they put the names into like one of those online, like uh, random sorted generator things and just yeah. spit out, okay, we've got videos for the next 10 weeks. There you go. Let's go. <laughs> Can you believe that that channel used to be called Screw Attack? Now it's just Death Battle. Yeah. <laughs> never like very rarely do i think that i can point to an example of something like wow that was so successful it absorbed everything else around it <laughs> it rarely ever happens it's nice to have an example to point to yeah uh now moving on from there uh we have the results of the big dc fan vote remember matt it was a whole bracketed tournament mm-hmm mm-hmm of uh, what books, you know, DC was going to make. You know, they put the power in the fans' hands, and there were some interesting ideas in there. There was some Suicide Squad stuff, some Blue Beetle stuff in there, and eventually the winner was finally crowned this week, and it turns out that it's going to be Tim Seeley's Robins miniseries. Yes, the fans were given the opportunity to choose, and they choose Batman yet again. I mean, they chose Robin, but still. <laughs> we it, it's batman adjacent but yeah, yeah you're right that sh that sure doesn't help us for complaining being like oh you know dc they always play things so safe oh dc can they never do anything new well they put the power in your hands and you still fucking chose batman <laughs> so maybe dc knows you better than you know yourself yeah <laughs> This looks cool, though. I really like Tim Seeley. It's nice to see that they're focusing on all the Robins, including Stephanie Brown. I love mm -hmm. she now gets to be part of this lineage where in the Dan DiDio years, like, she wasn't a Robin. Yep. But, but she was, though. But she wasn't. But she was, though. <laughs> but fuck you, though. Did you think about that? <laughs> I mean, I didn't, not till you said it, but okay. Uh, this is actually the first of a couple big Robin-centric stories we're going to be talking about. I don't really know what this one is about yet, but it's cool that Robin's has its own book, especially because the main Robin book with Damien has been so good. Yeah, yeah. And again, Tim Seeley's back writing it, so yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tim Seeley wrote that King Shark series uh, yep. for Suicide Squad that I haven't had a chance to pick up yet, but I breezed through it and it looked good. Yeah, I've heard good things about it. He brought back Defacer, uh, Nightwing's old girlfriend from his run. Oh, nice. So I look forward to this basically being a continuation of the stuff that Seeley did with Nightwing <laughs> for all those years. <laughs> and the other Robins, too. Yeah. So yeah, this is good. Again, I probably would have uh, wanted the Suicide Squad one to win, but I can't complain too much because we have like three Suicide Squad books going on. I'm surprised on. that the Blue Beetle one didn't win just because I, I, I see so many people going on about how they want Blue Beetle to be be back in the comics. Well, well I shouldn't say Blue Beetle. They want Jaime Reyes back in the comics. Specifically, cause, yeah. Because Blue Beetle is back in the comics. Um, But yeah, I, I, I suspected that one would have won. Uh, likewise you know what i think it is i think jaime reyes blue beetle fans are a lot like richard Ryder nova fans there's a lot of them they're very vocal but there's not as many as you think yeah that's true they're, they're just the most vocal as they should because jaime is great and jaime really didn't get his day in the sun that he should have no I've said it many times before. You see the success of characters like Miles Morales and Kamala Khan and Sam Alexander, and it's like, yo, Jaime was doing all this first. Yeah, is that that damned Dio? Yeah, he uh, he crawled so all these other characters could run at the other company. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've mentioned it time and time again, too, with Blue Beetle. The problem, I think, why they can never get a good Blue Beetle series started again is people don't actually want a new blue beetle starring jaime reyes 
they want a continuation slash finale to the Geffen stuff that they were loving. <laughs> they pulled the plug just when it was getting really good. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Where it's like, no, I don't want him to be mad. I don't want new. Th I just just finish the story I was enjoying, please. <laughs> That's what it really comes down to. People were like fucking denied. Like, like imagine if that uh, Miles Morales book, the first ultimate one with Bendis, imagine if they pulled the plug on that before the like final stuff with uh, Uncle Aaron and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like right before, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that have been such bullshit? And we'd all still be talking about like, remember how good it was? <laughs> yeah, remember the Batu C? I remember the Batu C. <laughs> but yeah, so there's one piece of Robin news, but believe it or not, we're not done there because, again, half the new books that DC announced for November are going to all be Batman or Batman adjacent. Get ready for the big return of Batman and Robin, but not as an ongoing as a three-issue miniseries from Jeff Lemire. Yeah, and actually called Robin and Batman. Oh, did I mix it up? Is it actually called Robin and Batman? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's nice for Robin to get uh, to get top billing. Yeah, so this would be a focus Tim Drake, I, I imagine, because he's the Robin at the moment. Uh, no, actually, I think they said it's Batman and Robin in their early days, so I think it's also Dick just Dick? in the past. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. That's fine. I like Jeff Lemire. It's been a while since Jeff Lemire has done a DC comic. Yeah, I think his last thing was that, uh, Joker, Killer Smile stuff. That's true. It's been a really long time. Also, I'm just happy that a Batman and Robin book is back. I feel that's a line that uh, DC has just kind of been ignoring. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't know why either. It's good to have it. Again, it's not like we have a shortage of Batman books. Batman, Detective, The Joker, which is also a Batman book right now. Robin, which is basically a Batman book after a fashion. Yep, yep. So yeah, if you're a Robin fan, you know, uh, it's, been, it's been a good week for you. A lot of big announcements. And don't worry, we'll talk about the other thing. We're waiting for the end of the show to talk about that thing. Because, <laughs> see, I want you to stick around and watch all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> how you do it this is how, that's how we do business here uh now our next story here again from batman and robin or robin and batman to captain america and iron man from Derek landy yeah these two are finally getting a book together now a buddy piece yeah feels like a long time since they've sort of like been together outside of the avengers it's true it's the world's finest of marvel everyone this is also going to be a miniseries. It's going to see Steve and Tony team up because of a new Hydra villain who is connected to both of them, apparently. Okay, so I wonder if that'll spin out of both of their series. I also wonder that, too, especially because they have not announced what the new Captain America status quo is going to be once Christopher Cantwell has done that miniseries. Yeah, because I could see it spinning out of that, but I don't know where it would spin out of Iron Man because Iron Man's currently, like, in space on a hippie commune fighting <laughs> Korvac, so yeah. Who knows? Also, isn't it funny that Christopher Cantwell is writing Iron Man and writing Captain America currently, but he's not writing this team-up book? Yeah, when I first saw this, I saw the cover and thinking, oh yeah, Christopher Cantwell's writing, you know, a, a dual book now, and it's not him. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was shocked. I'm like, Derek Landy? Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I imagine this being a big success just because, hey, we took two successful characters and put them in a book together. Yeah. Isn't that going to be fun? I agree, especially because uh, Steve and Tony find themselves in interesting places in their lives right now. Exactly, yeah. It'll be funny to see them team up and see what's going on. Yeah, hopefully yeah, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. And hopefully hopefully it does like like uh, follow on from what's happening in their books at the moment. 
Agreed. I'm sure Steve will be like, oh, God, I'm so thankful to fight a threat that's not just trying to, you know, uh, tarnish my name as Captain America. <laughs> oh, please let that be a joke. Finally, just something I can punch. <laughs> Finally, something different. Finally, not something, you know, so, so complex and layered and nuanced. <laughs> and Iron Man's like, cool, I can take morphine again. <laughs> Did I tell you about my time on a hippie commune? <laughs> no please do i'm all ears <laughs> that's that's just the whole book it's just them drinking coffee together talking about all the shit that's been going on with them <laughs> and then at the end it's like oh look a super villain let's get him <laughs> then they clobber him and that's the end of the series <laughs> yeah just a one page like one little panel they just like punch him in the face and it's over <laughs> Look, we told you that they'd be fighting a villain. They fought the villain. Now sit and watch as they drink coffee and talk about stuff. <laughs> hey, I'd read it. <laughs> Same. Same. I'd totally do it. Uh, now, after that, we got another piece of news here. This actually involves the convention scene uh, in a big landmark piece of news that I feel kind of got buried under the whole Substack stuff and that conversation. Uh, Wizard World. Uh, who does many conventions all over the United States. And I think they have stuff in other countries too. I, I only know about the American ones. Mm -hmm. But uh, they sold their entire operation to Fan Expo. Yeah, just kind of out of the blue. Out of the, well, I don't think it's out of the blue. It's because they haven't been able to put on shows, which means they're hard yeah, up yeah. for cash, which means yeah, they yeah. had to sell. Yeah. But yeah, Wizard World for a lot of people was an institute. I heard a lot of people say that it was pretty generic, the people who went there. But still, if you lived in an area, Wizard World was probably your first con or your only con. And with this acquisition by Fan Expo, Fan Expo is now the biggest convention organizer, geek-centric media thing in uh, North America. Yeah. Which is pretty huge. That's pretty big, yeah. I think the only one that uh, only even comes close is the one who does uh, Fan Expo. What the hell are they called again? Uh, fuck, I've, I've gotten emails from these people. <laughs> again, they do stuff in like India and all over the world, those guys. But uh, yeah, so this is, this is a pretty big shakeup now. One company basically runs everything now. Yeah, and that's a good thing, a bad thing. I'm not really too sure. I have to imagine that there's probably something uh, pretty bad about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, usually less competition is always a bad thing. Yeah. But uh, I can say that I've been to a number of Fan Expo shows. Obviously, Fan Expo does Fan Expo Calgary and Fan Expo Toronto. And basically, all the ones I've been to in the greater Toronto, Canada, Ontario area. And I've always had a good time there. They've always mm -hmm. treated me well and everything. Have you ever gone as a guest, though? Mm-hmm. So they need to get on that. Okay. <laughs> hey, Fan Expo, you run everything now, so you're finally ready for me. <laughs> you couldn't before. It was like collecting all the Dragon Balls, but now you have them all. <laughs> and you can summon me. They've got all the Infinity Stones, yeah. <laughs> and not bump me for uh, Ricky Berwick or whatever the heck that guy's name is. <laughs> hey, if you got bumped for Ricky Berwick, I wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> I, I did legitimately. I, I'm pretty sure I told this story I on think the show. You might have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I went to London one year, I was the only YouTuber there, and they treated me like a freaking real celebrity, and it gave me a huge swelled ego. And then the next year, it's like, oh, hey, here's your table across from the bathroom. Yeah, uh, Ricky's in your old place. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. In fairness, the dude had like posters and art and like a ton of merchandise and everything. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, that guy's on a whole nother level, that Ricky Berwick guy. Oh, he is. He is. <laughs> Dude's on a whole fucking other level. <laughs> 
It's like, I want to be mad. I want to have like YouTuber envy, but like, I just can't do it. <laughs> he, he just wanted it more. He came prepared. <laughs> that motherfucker came prepared. <laughs> uh but yeah so there's your convention news everyone yeah i'm sure if you live in north america this will end up uh affecting you or maybe it won't because maybe we still won't be able to fucking go to cons next year i know there's been more this year in the united states all over like the south and everything i see uh you know guys like ming from comic book man and all those wrestlers i follow they're doing con shows man i i, I know they the, those sort of people kind of have to do that because that's like their bread and butter and everything but yeah man i wouldn't be going to a con i wouldn't be going like like in a in, in a 10 mile radius of a con uh like during a fucking pandemic no fucking way masks and if even if they had masks on i still wouldn't go you wouldn't be able to enjoy it is no. what it is and i think and i think a lot of these places have vaccine mandates where it's like look, yeah. you still got to wear a mask and you got to show that you're double vaxxed and everything even to get in the building but again it's the same reason why i haven't done anything all this summer even though i could it's i, I wouldn't be able to enjoy myself i'd either no. be worrying about it i'd be worrying like oh is my mask on right is like oh did i breathe that guy's air am i too close to that guy's <laughs> air so I, I do believe scientifically if you're outside it's actually better than if you're inside a building yeah. and everything there's more it's about like ventilation and shit as much as it is staying six feet away and everything yeah that's the thing they've tried they tried to put cons outside but no one wanted to go to them because all the no. people that go to cons never go outside yeah and it's hot because it's summertime <laughs> and fuck that i think we had like it was like 31 here a couple days ago and it was the hottest day of the summer mm-hmm honestly it's been a pretty wet summer is the other thing here in yeah. ontario it's been really wet it's been like raining every other so day it's humid yeah yeah so it gets like really gross and humid then it gets really hot then the rain happens and it cools down a little bit like i have the windows open right now because it's only like uh what is it 16 mm-hmm. again our american uh listeners are like what the fuck are they talking about 16 what what, what is that what is anything <laughs> we're, we're civilized we use celsius not fahrenheit Yes, we're on a completely different system here, America. <laughs> c- come join us. Come join every other country in our <laughs> units of measurement. No, please, it would be so much easier if yeah, you did. It would be. <laughs> Again, every time I try and explain it, I sound like a maniac. <laughs> 16, is that high? Is that low? Is that what is that? <laughs> Also, too, as someone who frequents a lot of conventions, I do the Purell thing and everything else, and I still usually come back sick from a convention. Con crud is a thing. Yeah, that's stronger than COVID. Yeah, it's a real thing. <laughs> Masks won't protect you. It, it melts through the mask. From the con crud, it's too. The, the, go- <laughs> the, the goggles do nothing. <laughs> Because, yeah, you're standing, you know, shoulder to shoulder with that guy in his Hawaiian shirt and my little pony Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> And he hasn't showered for five days. Yeah, who knows what that guy's got. (laughs) Man, there was one guy, again, last time I was at London, and, like, you could tell this guy was a little neurodivergent, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I work online. I'm used to dealing with people like this. They're usually cool and harmless. This guy, I shit you not, had three belts on. One going one way, one going the other way. Gotta hold up that massive dick. God, I gotta hold it up. Ain't nothing getting it. That guy's massive dick. And he had like a like a grocery bag filled with electronics. And I'm like, is he is he selling that? Does he have a thing? Or does he just he just walks around with that? He just w- yep. walks around offering people random electronics that he just found. Oh, uh, you see, that's uh, that's to keep the aliens out of his brain, I guess. 
And I mean, it must be working because the aliens aren't in my brain. So good, good on you, triple belt man. Look, you see, the aliens they come into our pants. Is the thing. That's why I need three belts and the like, electronics. Come into my pants and take your dicks. And... <laughs> Not on my watch. Not on this guy's watch. Uh, the fact that I'm still thinking about that guy all this time later, and that guy he made an that, impression. He really did. And that guy was talking to me at my table, and I was trying to tell him what I do and what he walked away how much money you bet that guy thought i was the crazy one <laughs> he talks into a he's gone on to his own podcast to talk about this random canadian <laughs> yeah. fella he found he's like, he i don't talks... know what the fuck he was talking about it was so fucking weird talks into a microphone about comics weekly and they yeah, gave something him a about the multiverse or something i don't fucking know what he was on about <laughs> multiversal merge are you for real <laughs> <laughs> That guy was crazy. He didn't have three belts or any electronics. The aliens are going to be all at him. <laughs> Got to be safe. Yeah, Triple Belt Man, the great new character of the comic multiverse. <laughs> the yeah, patron his, his slogan is, no one, no alien is stealing my dick. <laughs> no alien stealing my dick. <laughs> oh, I wonder where he is now. I hope he's all right, Triple Belt Man. <laughs> Oh, God, the back of my head hurts from laughing. And uh, with that, we come to the big story from this week, the one that I'm sure everyone is chomping at the bit to hear us talk about. Uh, Robin Tim Drake uh, in the pages of Batman Urban Legends. Was it was number five? Yes. I dropped off reading this book so long ago. So when this actually became a big piece of news, I'm like, fuck, you can actually make me go back and read this now. (laughs) Uh, came out as bisexual in the pages of this story. I say that, and the company is going with it. Really, just some cute guy said, hey, you want to go on a date? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that... I I guess that's confirmation. I mean, they haven't officially announced it, have they? No. Well, they have. They're like, oh, yes, he's uh, he's bisexual. And I'm like, it sounds more bicurious to me, but I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... I mean, l- let us not forget at the end of uh, Tynan's run, who was a bisexual man himself, uh, Tim Drake was off to college. He just ended up not going to college. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing. If he went to college, would have handled all of that, you know, experimental phase. He would have gotten it all out there. He didn't get to go to college, so now this is the only way that he can experiment. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you think maybe they, they worded it like that just so they could gauge the response and be like, okay, people want him to be bi, so we'll, we'll do that. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that's a thing, but I also think it's a shooting fish in a barrel thing. I'm like, yeah, of course they would want Robin to be bisexual. Of course they like Tim. Everyone loves Tim already. Yeah. It would just give people more reason to like Tim. Yeah, yeah. My, my the, I, I was really proud of my tweet that I wrote there being like, uh, Tim Drake, hey, I think I like girls and guys now. Girls and guys, we always liked you, Tim. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone likes Tim. Yeah, everyone likes him, yeah. Everyone likes Tim. It's just more love in the Batman universe. And, of course, your regular mouth-breathing comic homophobes thought the sky was falling and that this yeah. was the end of Western civilization, as they always do. Yeah, I had a, I had a, bunch, of, yeah, a bunch of people say, oh, it's, it's, this is what's killing the comic industry. And I quickly posted them a bunch of articles that say, like, comic industry is actually up this year and made billions of dollars. And, of course, I got no response. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's the end of it because I don't like it because I'm a homophobe and I need, but I can't say I'm a homophobe. I need to find business reasons to explain why I don't like this, you know, protect myself. Yeah, so I only like my frog comics. 
Yeah, there you go. Is the chat saying Tim gets more than Batman uh, officially now? <laughs> yes, he's getting the both uh, the best of both worlds. Uh, best now. of both. <laughs> what, what, what did someone say? Being like, man, first you know Harley and Ivy were finally allowed to be out and be a couple and everything. How great is the Pride Parade going to be in Gotham this year? It's going to be a uh, goddamn everyone. <laughs> it's going to be a fucking party there. Does, does Tim get to ride on the Harley and Ivy float, or does he have his own float? They they have um was it like levels you know how the floats have like levels there yeah. you go you know, you know what it is he gets that and then behind him is the midnighter and apollo there and they're all dressed in their leather gear and everything hey good to see you too <laughs> and as soon as he walks away apollo's like knew it you owe me five bucks <laughs> god damn it your gaydar is better than mine man <laughs> But yeah, again, I have no fucking problem with this. What I do have a minor problem with is like, okay, you did this. Why is there no Tim Drake book that I can read his further adventures about this now? Because at least, you know, when they canonized uh, Alan Scott as being a gay man from Earth 2, at least they're like, no, no, you can continue to read his adventures in the Pride book and in Infinite Frontier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I that, Well, that's why I thought like that um, that Robin and Batman book was going to be about Tim. Because it came out same. like around the same time, um, it should have been. Yeah, uh, I I guess maybe in that Robin's book, uh, like I guess maybe wherever Tim is going to appear. But yeah, he should, like this should be something he should have a book uh, to deal with to explore. Uh, yeah, you know what I think it is. I think this is DC testing the waters yeah. with urban legends as like an on running thing where it's like okay, so people, you know, maybe they didn't go crazy for that Zadarsky Red Hood story like we thought they would. Maybe we need another thing, like a story that's big enough and interesting enough that people are going to come back and read what is a fucking Gotham anthology book every month. Yeah. That's what it really seems like. Also <laughs> the chat saying apparently him and Steph broke off, uh, broke up off yeah. panel. Really? Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't particularly like about this. I'm like, oh, so he comes out as gay and he immediately breaks up with his girlfriend off panel. I'm like, eh. I mean, you didn't need to do that. You could have like no. had like a a cool story about them where they they don't break Very. up, but they explore other options. As, yeah, where as she's it, like, you know. look. Yeah, where she's like, look, you know, I'm a. Yeah, it, it's unfair to Steph because you know, yeah. Steph has always been getting fucking stepped on. Yeah. Where it's like, look, I I love and respect you, and I think you should be allowed to go and explore your sexuality. And you know, I think our relationship is strong enough that you know we'll come out the other side of that, or they become the first polyamorous <laughs> superhero <laughs> couple of DC comics. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of places you could go with it. If it was ever going to be any Robin, yeah, it makes sense that it's Tim. Yeah, yeah. Can't see any a, of the other Robins doing this, yeah. No, as a lot of people were very quick to bring up, it's like, hey, remember when Connor died and how sad he was and he, like, slept in his shirt and everything, too, where it's like, that seems a little bit more than friendship. <laughs> so maybe other writers have been planting seeds been planting this it, whole yeah. time. Yeah, I think as other people said, it's kind of, like, been obvious for a little bit. Yeah, which, again, too, and people, like, bring up the Iceman comparison, where it's like, oh, well, this is like the Iceman thing, and, you know, now that they've done it, they can never undo it, da -da -da -da. I'm like, well, yeah, why would they want to undo it after they've done it? You can't put that back in the bottle. And also, when that happened for Iceman, his mini solo series ran longer than any Iceman series ever before it did, so. People also forget that the Iceman thing was kind of, like, like not his own doing. Because remember, it was <laughs> Jean Grey kind of, like, uh, outed yeah. him. Like, it was really kind of gross. <laughs> yeah yeah they Jean, handled Jean that Grey just kind poorly. of like outed him and he just had to sort of deal with it 
because he was yeah, like the yeah. future the past version which hadn't yes. got there yet it, yeah it was very he, strange that was a weird one yeah you're right I totally forgot that the fucking gene gray psychic angle yeah. of that yeah this th- this is why like actual queer people worry when like comics try and tackle queer topics because they do shit like that where it's yeah. like why yeah yeah yeah, why? Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some people too, even because you know I follow a lot of queer writers and creators because I always like to get different, you know, insights that aren't my own. And someone actually brought up an interesting comparison to manga, where they're like, yeah, you know, if I want to read queer boy love stories, there's like a whole genre, genre in it for manga. Meanwhile, here's you know traditional American comics being like, but what if bi maybe at the end of the story? Is is that anything? Is that anything for you? Do you like this? Is that something? <laughs> And they're like, guys, either do it or don't. Don't, like, pussyfoot around it. Don't dip your toes into it. It either is or it isn't. <laughs> well, this is DC. This is the this is the company that has uh, a label for, for adult-only books yeah. that aren't adult-only. Yeah. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> they, they're clutching the chat- their pearls at Batman's dick. For real. Oh, here's a good one from the chat. Aren't Iceman and Red Robin related? They both have the same last name. <laughs> <laughs> can of coke for you sir can of coke (laughs) (laughs) so that's a thing so there you go there's uh what is it there's your big robin news which really isn't a big fucking deal at all no people make it out to be a big deal i mean it's a big deal for people who he's now representing but like as well it's like they're just telling human stories you know yeah it's not a big deal yeah why why can't tim like girls and guys why not exactly and I'm sure some homophobes will be like, well, because there was never any evidence. And, you know, they never <laughs> did it in the 30 plus years. But hey, post man. the Young Justice articles. Post them. <laughs> yeah. To which, again, I'm like, hey, man, sounds like you never had anyone come out of the closet in your life personally. Because <laughs> here's the thing about coming out of the closet. Sometimes it's surprising to people. And some people are like, oh, I had no idea. That's how it actually fucking works in real life. Yeah. <laughs> And here's hoping if you did actually have a person come out in real life to you, you'd be able to handle it a little better than this goddamn fictional comic character. Yeah. Yeah. Also, give Tim a book. That's my big takeaway from this. <laughs> yeah, give gonna, him a book. If you're going to do this big thing, then at least give him a fucking book to go on. It really felt on. like there for like a hot minute that like he would be getting one, especially like, you know, like um at the start of Rebirth where he was like part of, um before that, when he was part of... um. Uh, oh, that the whole detective like comics the team. whole Jor-El stuff, and That's right. like, he got like captured by Jor-El, and like you felt like oh we're gonna be getting like a book, and he's gonna like uh, go off into the universe and like sort of sort that out. Remember he got like that that was like That's the whole right. genesis of like Young Justice and everything, and then it never happened. You're yeah. right, man. That, that's funny too because yeah the, i'm always thinking like oh well tynan did such a good job with him as part of his detective comics team like he was in the first arc and then he got kidnapped by mr oz and was yeah. like gone for the whole middle half of that yeah. book yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah D- dc even with didio gone has such a weird relationship with tim drake yeah maybe you know, do, do you think maybe this is just like holdover from it like they've still got stuff with the do going or something or like contracts or something i don't i don't know how it works very very weird very yeah. very weird but yeah there's there's the piece of news that's not a big piece of news at all but mm-hmm. people treat it like it is yeah and the fact is people got to stop treating it like that if we ever want to fucking get anywhere <laughs> can, can just once can this happen and can people be like oh okay yeah yeah Okay, moving on. Yeah, called it, moving on. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't always need to be a conversation. Sometimes it's like, okay. Yeah. 
um, Jason Jensen again. So will Tim Drake uh, be the one always getting hit on instead of Jake? Now he will be. Yes. <laughs> this, this is all part of Tim's plan to supersede Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm everyone's favorite. <laughs> uh, Khalil, no, Jor-El, uh, or Mis- the Mr. Oz version of Jor-El is not alive. They sent him back to Krypton to die. Oh, yeah, he did die. Yeah, that was a fucking great scene as well. That. Oh, we got a crybaby in the chat, too, saying they're uh, unsubscribing. <laughs> oh, well. Crybaby alert, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> I mean, if you weren't a homophobe, that wouldn't bother you. But that seems to bother yeah. you, which makes me think you're a homophobe, so fuck off. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Yeah, baba. <laughs> All right, so we're ready to talk about what we read this week. I feel like this is the longest news segment we've done in a long time. It is, yeah. All right, where, where would we like to begin with what we read this week? Uh, we'll start with Infinite Frontier, issue four. Yes, yes, Infinite Frontier, a lot of stuff happening. Yeah, we're almost over this series. There's two more issues left. Yeah, this one came out really quickly. Yeah, it's almost like bi-weekly or something. Yeah, for real, yeah, they had a lot of big stuff going on here. And again, so many different stories happening at once. Mm -hmm. For real. Yeah, so uh, where do we we start on this? We got uh, uh, an awesome World's Finest team-up between Mm -hmm. Flashpoint, Batman, and calvin ellis president superman which is something I'd, I'd love to see like continue as like that's the new batman superman book they're such an odd couple aren't they yeah they're great i i love them i love i like i i like the the dichotomy between them they both don't have families but they do have families but they can't be with those families because of like their jobs yeah yeah it's really yeah it's very interesting dichotomy between them i like that a batman wore a white suit yeah, uh, white and red. It looked really great yeah. on him. <laughs> yeah, real interesting. Uh, they're, they're trying to track down more information about the arcs, and that leads them to Calvin's own version of Luther, who was experimenting with it. Yeah, he's trying to uh, hop into the multiverse, but every time he tried it, he failed. But uh, maybe this time someone someone helped him out and uh, gave him the cheat codes, gave him the Konami <laughs> code. And then killed him. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, they, they, yeah, they had him design all of the ships, and then uh, he was killed. I have to assume he was killed probably uh, by the villain who's revealed later on in this book. Yeah, because this is a whole big multiversal conspiracy that we finally start to see all the connective tissue on it and everything. Yeah. Uh, on top of that, we also get uh, to check in with uh, Bones and Cameron Chase. Cameron Chase, who survived the explosion. Uh, of Captain Adam, thanks to Extract. Mm, yeah, so it's still a mystery character. Yeah. I like that. She has a. Ma- Do you think she's going to be someone? I think she might be someone. I think she might be someone, and Bones kind of alluded to like her origins and stuff, where it's like it, it's kind of implied she maybe came from a world that died. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, maybe she's Cameron Chase from another world. Ooh, maybe. And, and, and uh, maybe she, yeah, she was from a world that died in like uh, death metal uh, that never got brought back. And we'll get to that at, near the end as well, because there's other characters that came back who actually have versions of themselves now yeah. that are different versions of themselves. Chase actually does a really good job taking point on this issue where it's like, hey, Mr. Bones, you won't tell me what's going on here, so I'm going to shoot you in the leg and we're both going to go and see where all of this ends up. Yeah, I've got to force your hand. 
uh, uh, Bones actually gets a really good monologue in here about, like, you know, the biggest threat to the Earth as it stands right now is uh, multiversal incursions and multiversal threats, and the superheroes have done nothing to stop it, and so we have to take matters into our own hands, and we get to see, like, all the perpetrators of all the crises. Yeah, in Infinite Crisis, Zero Hour, Convergence, Telos is there. Oh, yeah, Telos got a moment, good for him. <laughs> Pandora is there, Dr. Manhattan's hey. there. <laughs> Yeah, which that's crazy that they can still reference Manhattan. Yeah, that's great. They did that. That was fun. Uh, we get to see more of uh, Infinity Inc. and uh, Jade now that we know uh, what happened with her, you know, uh, what her kidnapping was. Yeah, Extract tried to kidnap her, and uh, thanks to the Starheart, she was, like, teleported uh, somewhere into the bleed. Yeah, yeah, where all of these characters are now set up. And uh, I, I love that they actually call back on jade and roy's time in uh what is it winnix outsiders yeah and the titans yeah <laughs> i thought that was a very nice touch uh, i haven't read the other history of the dc universe yet but they actually reference that team as well in that book I'm nice. like holy shit someone's remembering winnix time it's, it's, writing all, it's all coming together well again like all, all these issues have been like joshua williamson flexing his like dc universe knowledge there's all like these little like little parts to, like connected up to like crisis of infinite earth with the flash running on that treadmill thing like he did in crisis of infinite earth and everything and all that sort of stuff there it's the stuff with psycho pirate and all that yeah it's uh it's really nice how they start tying all of these different things together and the arcs and where it's all going yeah and uh yeah so like all the stories start to sort of converge and uh we kind of find out who I, he's not the main villain of the book but he is one of the main villains and it's tony stark the machine head who i totally forgot that he's supposed to be an iron man pastiche from an avengers styled world yeah. he even talks about it how like his world was invaded by uh a, an alternate reality of theirs yep. and they started the secret wars and and all yep. that and it's like he's talking about the ultimate universe invading the 616 universe that was his origin i'm like fuck me he actually remembered that holy shit that's that's a good reason to be evil and also to start up the injustice league incarnate yeah and the the, the makeup of this team is very interesting because we've got uh superwoman uh from earth 3 but the former earth 3 where yeah. this superwoman was lois lane yes which is crazy we got a yellow lantern joker we got a yep. shitty 90s version of dr fate yep, where he's fate. the guy with the, he's just yeah, the fate fate with the onk tattoo and i'm like oh look someone remembered that guy yeah the joker sinestro i think is from uh the the one the the story where uh batman becomes a uh, green lantern oh right that makes sense yeah who who that that character that batman green lantern was recently in the the grant morrison green lantern run oh wow yes yeah, so it's, it's all coming together it's all coming they're, together they're they're all somebody uh who else was on the team oh super doom uh yes the, the one from earth 32 i think from again grant morrison's new 52 run where that character is like uh the manifestation of like corporate greed oh wow <laughs> yeah oh, it's it's really fucking messed up stuff yeah again total like grant it. morrison stuff <laughs> absolutely i i like it i like it even more now that i know that they're all from places and they're mm -hmm. not just uh new creations oh no 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 they're all from places i think one was quark as well yeah uh, lady, yeah lady quark yeah cool yeah yeah station frontier continues to be great looks like it's building up to one hell of a finale too yeah i'm looking for i i want to see more dark side though because he's kind of been this like i guess it makes sense he's kind of like this 
overarching looming threat because now he's no longer he's like a literal god of the universe sort of thing yeah he's not I, something I guess, you could just fist fight i think they're going to defeat psycho pirate at the end of this but they're not going to defeat dark side because he's yeah. got to be the next big event bad guy we got to keep moving that yeah yeah at this point the heroes will find out like oh no dark side got reset too and now he's like more powerful than he's ever been before yeah he's all versions of dark side in one yeah oh no yeah. and then that'll be the next big event that josh williamson will no doubt end up writing yeah through uh justice incarnate and all that sort of stuff yep so that was pretty good i think we all agree we like that one it was pretty damn good i'm always surprised when i read it where it's like damn all of this should be an incomprehensible mess but it's not i know it, yeah the, the amount of sense it makes it just it's, it's like you compare it to something like like final crisis by like grant morrison and stuff like that and it's like that's just like a scottish man yelling at me or even dark knight's metal too yeah another yeah one. yeah where it's just like you're taking so long to explain this you don't care if i'm having fun this you're explaining stuff and it's fun yeah uh another book i had this week we did a dc so we should do a marvel i read the first defenders this week the the defenders oh i haven't read this one yet al ewing's defenders it's a lot of setup you don't miss much basically it's hey the masked raider shows up on dr strange's porch is like remember me i was important like two years ago i, I again more setup we had like two years of setup for this <laughs> well don't worry they do that and then they're like finally done with it dr St dr strange knows everything about it. it's like oh yeah the mask it's from eternity there's been other guys who have worn the mask and you know the enclave uh, no, not the Fallout Enclave, but they're also evil scientists, so, like, not far off from that Enclave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you you hunted them all down and everything, and actually, hey, Iron Man connection, when Mass Raider went to kill uh, Zota, the final uh, leader of the Enclave there, he couldn't because Korvac got made by the same time and left. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I like that. Matt will appreciate that. Nice. And uh, Mass Raider couldn't kill Zota because he traveled in time, but not regular time travel, magic time travel. It's Ooh. different. Ooh. <laughs> it's very different, and he needs Doctor Strange's help to stop this guy from fucking with history. And Strange is like, no, I'll let the tarot cards decide who will join our Defenders team. <laughs> hey, look, it's Silver Surfer. You were on the team before. Sup, bud? Hey, it's uh, Betty Ross, the Red Harpy, and a carryover from Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk. Good to see you. <laughs> uh, and then who's the last member that he gets on the team? Oh, the last member is Cloud the Living Nebula. Okay. <laughs> who's a really fucking weird, like, Busick character from the 70s. Okay. Who, like, they have male and female forms, and, like, they almost blow up the entire Sanctum Sanctorum when they're summoned. <laughs> So to deal with that, and this is where shit gets really weird, Doctor Strange has to sacrifice his ego, which is just a fancy way of saying we're changing how magic works in the Marvel Universe again. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it, it it's back to no rules. Remember all those rules uh, Jason Aaron uh, created? Yeah, well, yeah. we're done with those. Yeah, uh, Jason Aaron, Mark Wade, and all that created. <laughs> yeah, because Al Ewing just wants to do crazy, trippy Blacklight poster stuff now, so Doctor Strange is back to his old powers of being able to do anything and everything. <laughs> Fine, whatever. <laughs> sure, whatever. It's all good. Uh, when it ends, too, they find themselves on planet Ta, far in the past, and Ta is, of course, the place where Galen came from before he became Galactus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're so far into the past, they actually run into Galactus's mom. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ta-2. 
Uh, is, yeah, a, is, is a big uh, tattoo is a big a uh, factor in the Iron Man book at the moment. Oh, is it? Well, then you'll love this Defenders book because there's a shit ton of connection. Nice. Between the two. And I'm like, oh, this is a fun set. And it's only a mini. I thought it was an ongoing, but it's actually oh, okay. only a mini. Okay. Which, that's all right. I guess, you know, Al Ewing can't completely reinvent time the same way he invented God <laughs> and the devil and, you know, space and everything else that he's been doing. Yeah. He's a busy man. He's a busy man Very. at the moment. He's doing all these uh, other books as well. All these mar mutant books, most of the cosmic books. Mm-hmm. I like to imagine this magic time travel thing. Oh, I just do this for fun. Yeah. This is just me doodling. They took my doodles and turned it into a series. <laughs> And it could still be one of the best minis. What else did you have? <laughs> uh, well, I'll stay with Al Ewing. I had the first two parts of Last Annihilation with uh, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. issue 16 and Sword issue 7. I imagine a lot of shit went down there. Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Dormammu obviously uh, got birth from Ego Shell. Uh, and he uh, spits forth like armies of mindless ones uh, <laughs> that begin attacking key worlds, two of which are sp Spartax, uh, three of which, I mean, uh, Spartax, uh, Hala, and Skrullos. Uh, so the Guardians issue is the Guardians kind of scrambling in the chaos to try and get civilians out of uh, the way of these armies while Hulkling and Wiccan uh, deal with uh, the armies on Hala. And but again, they, they bring in back the politics that Al Ewing brought into Empire, which is they're the Cree the Scroll Empire. So it means mm, they yes. can't just can't just focus on Hala. They've got to spread their forces thin towards Skrullos as well. So they can't seem to be playing favorites between the two uh, races. So yeah, Wiccan, Wiccan, Wiccan is sent to Skrullos with uh, the Accuser and all these other people uh, to defend that world. And uh, Hulkling is left uh, to fight uh, on his own with a small contingent of people on Hala, which means he then has to get Captain Glory out of prison. Uh, oh, really? Captain Glory was put in prison at the end of Empire for his betrayal. Um, and then in Sword, uh, Sword is alerted to like what's going on because they just recently did the, the the Hellfire Gala. So like Peter and Richard and all that were there. So they, they get alerted to like what's happening. And Abigail Brand wants to get a jump on it. In Classic, she wants to get a jump on it. Like it's not implied, it's not said, but it's implied. She wants to get a jump on it. So they owe her a favor later on because you know the mutants are buying up all these favors with the cosmic yeah, uh, community yeah. and um a big focus of this issue is the mysterium that metal they found uh, oh yeah dr doom ends up having a diplomatic dinner with storm and he's like discussing it with it and throughout the whole meeting you can tell he is utterly enraged that they beat him <laughs> to the punch he is so angry that they beat him to the punch because he's like magic is my thing like this metal <laughs> this metal because he's got his mother's eyes he can see that this mm -hmm. metal uh, this metal reacts to magic so he knows it's from the white hot room and he knows I it's, want that. I it's want magically it. imbued. Yeah, and it's funny because he's 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 basically lecturing uh, Storm and saying it's like you guys don't know what you're dealing with. Magic has rules. You if if you do one metaphor or one incantation wrong, you'll fuck everything up and ruin the balance of everything. And he's like, it's but man, explaining magic. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but if you let me come into your like inner sanctum, I can show mm -hmm. you what to do. And Storm's like, motherfucker, just like blows the table up with lightning. It's like we know what the fuck we're doing. We don't need to be shown how to walk. We know how to fly lie yeah you're a goddamn super villain get out of here with your crispy face yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and yeah the book ends with like uh Hala falling to the the mindless ones and abigail brand getting uh hulkling and all that out of the area and 
one of the things that the, the has been running through these books is uh hulkling tried to contact alpha flight and the avengers but no one responded uh because alpha flight's being run by henry geigerich who's like fucking against mm. like everything and all that but also like hates the symbiote yeah hate the whole hate the mutants but also uh abigail brand's kind of playing up the whole uh she's sort of like directing the narrative where it's like oh yeah those those avengers they 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 betrayed you you, you can't trust them but you can oh, yeah, trust really you, hates them. You, you can trust the mutants you can trust we're, <laughs> we're good you can trust the mutants we're good that's that's funny because as we know from reading appendices of other books, Gyrich is a member of Orchis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's very fun. Yeah, uh, and uh yeah, there, there's an illusion because obviously Scarlet Witch died at the Hellfire Gala. Uh Wiccan's been trying to contact her, but they he seemingly can't and he's like, Oh, maybe it's because Dum Dormammu's blocking it with her magic and Bran's like, Yeah, that that's why. Yes. That that's why that's that's why it's doing that, yeah uh kelly said i like uh billy felt something is wrong with wanda yeah, yeah. i guess that family connection yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he, he doesn't know what's going on yet <laughs> that trial of uh magneto actually comes out fairly soon yeah yeah like a like a couple weeks so mm -hmm. that one's coming right up yeah uh so was that that then that's that then yeah two very good issues yeah they sound really strong sounds like that's actually gonna read really good in trade when everything is said and done yeah it's a quick series as well i think i think it's it's uh so at is it halfway point now i think just this coming week is its halfway point i think right right yeah uh what else did i have this week uh, oh i had uh the joker Ooh, what's been going on with jim gordon and the joker uh a lot's been going on they're in paris now okay they're in paris now uh jim doesn't know what to do with himself because the joker's like yeah dummy you stepped into a much bigger conspiracy this isn't actually about me this is about all these other groups jockeying for power and using me for an excuse so he's actually like investigating the santa prisca guys and he's investigating the court of owls and he's investigating those weird texas cannibals that are not yeah. the chainsaw massacre guys but totally are yeah <laughs> we we actually learned their origin their origin is fucking hilarious yeah so, like, we get to see a scene that could be from any Texas Chainsaw movie. It's the 70s. There's the last girl. She's running. All of her friends have been murdered by the Sampson family, not the <laughs> Sawyer family. And she's like, oh, no. And they're chasing her and everything. And one of them pulls out, like, an old rifle and shoots at her. She gets away. But the bullet strikes oil. Oh, Okay. So these cannibals who are like, oh, the police are coming. They're going to get you for all the murders. Uh, what murders? Yeah, okay what cannibalism you guys are billionaires now you're you're job creators leave the job creators alone <laughs> their their oil company should be treated as a person so i'm like ah so this is how they're allowed to do cannibalism and murder because they're rich that that's such an interesting thing it's like yeah what, what would happen if like you know leatherface and his family just sh struck oil like they become super yeah. rich and they're just like super rich hillbilly cannibals yeah that's so great to do that's so yeah, great just allowed just allowed to do whatever they want and i'm like fuck i hate how much sense that makes <laughs> i hate how it's like yeah that's the problem with the sawyer family that they were dirt poor living in the backwoods <laughs> if they had oil money they're oh no they're they're a proud southern lineage you see <laughs> they need to they need to introduce like uh like like another member of the family and it's literally just like army hammer 
Oh yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> well, actually, actually, the guy who Joker blew off his face and he needs to get it repaired, and of course he gets a slasher mask puts on. Yeah. He was a handsome-looking blonde guy, who <laughs> a lot like Army Hammer. Actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> So they're doing that. Uh, Gordon actually calls up Bullock. So Bullock gets to be involved in this story. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Gordon's like, I think all these different groups are watching me. I don't know if they're listening, but hey, I know Nakano fires you and you're probably sitting home alone drunk. How would you like to come work for me and be a <laughs> private detective? And he's like, fuck yeah, Jim. Well, that's what they wanted to do. Uh, well, that's what Bullock wanted. He's like, oh, you and me, Jim, we've been yep. fired. We'll, we'll just get fucking drunk and be detectives. Yep, and that's basically what he's going to do now. And awesome. I'm like, oh, that's sweet. I'm glad that Bullet got to be involved in this story. I miss him when he's not around. Yeah. Uh, the, the big finale is that Gordon actually ends up getting pinched by Interpol because the Joker framed him for a bunch of murders. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is funny because the Joker's like, oh, you can solve it, Jim, because I know once you find out the truth, it's going to be more horrible than anything I ever did to you in Killing Joke, only to have the Joker be on top of build building and be like, yeah, I wasn't going to make it easy, though. <laughs> that's just not in my character i'm not gonna make it easy <laughs> they love me in france <laughs> so yeah joker continues to be a lot of fun and very cool man more than anything i hope that story wraps up before tynan goes away in november yeah yeah i've got i'm gonna catch up on that book very soon and like everything you've been telling me about this has been so good and that's the one thing i was worried about when i heard this tynan is oh well, what about the joker book it's been so good yeah, I hope the story actually gets to finish, and I hope when it's done, they let it be done. And, and just don't let feel it finish. They... Yeah, don't put another writer on the book, and it's just random Joker stories. Yeah, because as it stands right now, this has been the best Jim Gordon story in a long time. Yeah, it has been. It's really solid. It's really that good, and I would hate to see that messed up in any way. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, what else did you have? Uh, I had Batman 89, issue one. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm like, 89? No, no, we're on 100, whatever. No, no, 89. <laughs> right, yeah, I saw this come out. The cover looked great, but I had too many books this week. How yeah. was it? Oh, this is so good. It was just, uh, we're back in Tim Burton's uh, Batman universe. This, this takes place after Batman 89. It doesn't take place after Batman Returns, so that's technically not canon or hasn't happened yet. Ooh. I wondered about that, yeah. Yeah, because uh, well, this this issue is written by the same guy who wrote that film. Uh, oh, Sam, shit. Sam Hamm, um, who's, wow. who's written Batman comics before as well, and apparently really good ones. He wrote, uh, oh, what was that one? Uh, I'm blanking on its name. I'm sure someone in the comments will tell me. Um, but yeah, the, the, this one um, is pretty good. It, it picks up sometime after the events of uh, Batman 89 and the Joker's joe it's near halloween and uh harvey dent uh who's literally just billy d williams um <laughs> is uh uh romancing barbara gordon Ooh. um and he's about to propose to her when the joker gang attack and they attack all over town and and try to like uh steal uh a bunch of like armored cars filled with money with like a chopper you know like take them off the highway <laughs> and stuff uh batman obviously puts a stop to that and like crashes their helicopters and stuff like that uh and harvey's not too happy about batman doing all this stuff because he's just causing damage and mm. choppers hitting buildings and all this 
all this crap uh but not only that like he knows it's not safe for people to like it's all good while he stops all that stuff but there's still crime down on the ground like he him and uh barbara head home and he ends up getting mugged and it's it's like he's just Bill, billy d williams because he beats the <laughs> fuck out of criminals and he's, yeah. he's got his coin and he's, he's like holding them with a gun and he's gonna flip the coin for like um oh, heads fun. heads you die tails you don't but like because it's still harvey dent he just fires the gun in the air and um uh yeah they're, they're trying to like uh sort out crime and so uh harvey goes to uh bruce wayne and asks for his backing because you know bruce wayne is oh. you know, the first son of gotham and all that sort of stuff uh, he wants his his uh uh backing to take down not just batman but also jim gordon because uh, oh. and in a nice really great bit of like expanding on the character because the jim gordon in those films he didn't exist he no, he's basically a didn't exist yeah he basically didn't exist uh so they're expanding on that character where like okay he was basically using batman as like his to mop up his problems basically mm, and enough. like just deal with anything and, and harvey thinks that like batman is more than one person because no one person could do all this sort of stuff so he mm. thinks batman is like uh jim gordon's like personal hit squad <laughs> uh, and so he wants to clean that all up and how uh, very dirty harry and bruce is all for this and everything of course but then uh obviously as batman like he doesn't he doesn't want to uh go against jim because jim was the officer the responding officer to his uh family's murder and he doesn't want to go against jim because uh, he knows jim is a good cop he's just you know given a really shitty situation being the commissioner True. of of uh uh gotham so the book ends with them sort of uh voting uh, voting him out of office basically oh wow so uh batman sort of left like on his own uh <laughs> and to to uh make matters worse there's another vigilante running around town uh and we we don't see who it is but it's very clearly robin yes the uh damon wayne's version yeah yeah um who i, I like i don't costume. know whether it's going to be dick dick or whether it's tim drake i'm not sure who because we're not we're not told who they are uh right, we just see right. them at the end where they like uh they end up uh stopping batman from like uh stopping this man from like taking food from a shop uh to feed <laughs> his child i uh I, I like that robin's costume yeah it looks really cool it is it's a cool effect which i think that's based on like old designs for like what the movie was gonna be yeah yeah because he was meant to be in the second film he I was think, they made action yeah. figures yeah they made action figures they cast uh it was damon wayans wasn't it one of the wayans there's yeah. so many wayans it's hard to keep track <laughs> it was one of and them they, and they all have kids also thank you felipe for the subscription i uh, just didn't want to thank cut you. matt off because he was on a roll yeah but yeah no th this first issue was so damn good and it's only it's only a six issue miniseries so i really hope they do more sounds like a lot of fun yeah i i like that they're expanding on these characters that you see in the movie for like two minutes mm -hmm. yeah absolutely. And like making jim gordon different compared to what he is in the actual main continuity i like that it sounds like billy d williams is gonna actually get to finally be two-faced yeah yeah he, he's gonna get turned to it we've seen him on some covers and stuff yeah and it's a cool design yeah uh i guess you know from uh what is it batman to red batman as chip Zdarsky calls him <laughs> uh I, I i had daredevil 33 this week oh what's been going on with daredevil oh oh another banger you know <laughs> they're all of just course. tops it's all just tops and you know this one is no different uh they explain why there's multiple bullseyes running around okay within the first couple pages and that is basically uh fisk 
uh, what is it, spent his money very poorly on his scientist squad to try and turn Bullseye into a weapon he could control. Because, mm-hmm. like, a couple weeks in, the scientists are like, well, shit, we can't condition Bullseye's brain. He's way too violent and volatile and crazy. What are we going to do? Uh, I guess we could take the money he's given us and try and clone a new Bullseye that we could control. Mm-hmm. So they do that a couple times, and the real bullseye wakes up in his, like, hyperbolic time chamber and breaks out and kills all the doctors. Like, oh, I have a clone army now. Cool. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds about right. That's how it would work. <laughs> and poor Electra's like, fuck me. It was going to be hard to fight one of these guys. Now I'm fighting, like, six of them at once. I have to do something that really disagrees with me. I have to ask the Avengers for help. Ew. <laughs> I know, but she does it in the funniest way. She's like, okay, so Bullseye's been running around, been using silence to his best effect. Okay, I took a gun from him. I'm going to shoot it up in the air. So (laughs) Spider-Man and Iron Man will have to come and help me. (laughs) And they do. And uh, Elektra's like, shit, you know, this really disagrees with my character and everything. But hey, Iron Man, you're an inventor, right? You know, you're a problem solver. Build me a Bullseye killing machine, please. (laughs) one bullseye killing machine <laughs> whatever that is and uh while that's going on we see uh what is it cole north the detective there uh the prison that madden has fallen and the inmates have all taken it over and everything and yep. he's like ah shit you know what am i gonna do oh well the inmates are saying they're only gonna talk to you the man who arrested daredevil well shit i guess i gotta go in there and make sure matt's okay he goes in there and it's totally fucking apocalypse now. Matt's not a prisoner of the riot. I'm leading the riot. <laughs> and it's like, well, how did that happen? I don't know. I guess we're going to have to find out next time. Uh, awesome. Awesome. It's really good. It continues to be great. Shifts Darcy from strength to strength. Awesome. That sounds great. It is. It really is. Cool. Um, well, I had, I had an Avengers book. I don't know whether you covered it yet, but I had Avengers tech on. Oh, the won. new Jim's uh, Mecha one. No, yeah. I didn't, but it looked good. Oh, man. This is, yeah, this is uh, Super Sentai Avengers, basically. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, the book The book starts off with the Avengers having defeated Thanos, uh, destroying the Infinity Stones, and they're, like, having, like, a memorial sort of dedication to the people that fell during that battle. Uh, and that's when Red Skull attacks, and Red Skull, he's oh, got, no. got his whole Lord Zed fucking Toku <laughs> Setsai armor on. Uh, and as we find out, he, uh, while the stones don't exist, uh, like shards and like the dust from them do. And he spent uh, some time collecting them and he's forged them into uh, these like shard- mirror shards, which are powering mm-hmm. his armor. So why, while he can't wipe out the universe, he can like still like do minor things. And one of those things is he takes every hero on Earth's powers. Oh no. Uh, so like the thing turns back into a human storm can't use her powers spider-man is without any of his spider sense uh captain america shrinks back down into a small <laughs> uh steve rogers all that so we have justification as why they need cool anime yeah. suits they just don't get them because yeah and uh yeah the avengers are attacked black panther ends up saving everyone because he's still he's got the tech and he is a proficient fighter um uh we also like jim zub also like goes a little bit extra and so like oh well like yeah all these people have like 
losing their powers but like what would actually happen to some of these people if they do lose their powers and like he does that with like wolverine or it's like well he lost his healing factor but he's still got all this like indestructible metal in his yeah. in his bones so like he can't function properly and he has to be put in like a coma and like it would they, poison him, yeah. they're, they're talking about removing the adamantium otherwise it'll kill him and everything um and yeah tony, tony's like tony and spider-man try and like sort of figure out a way to uh come up with allow them a fighting chance against the red skull while steve uh still in his little man manlit form um (laughs) (laughs) uh, still uh wants to go fight red skull and everything so he and uh carol danvers lead like a little task force to tokyo where he's hiding out of course and like confront him and they're gonna lose the battle he's at the sega store yeah yeah he's at the uh, in akahabara yeah freaking red skull loves harajuku yeah yeah he's he's gonna fight him on top of the the sega store in, in oh, downtown yes. tokyo um <laughs> step one is we steal <laughs> all the green tea kit kat <laughs> uh and they're they're fighting and everything and before they can be killed iron man arrives with like their new armors and like armors them all up and uh Sweet. it's it's completely over the top and yeah it's just great that sounds super dope. That sounds like something I would very much be into. Yeah, and yeah, the the art by uh, Jeffrey Cruz. Oh, it looks exactly like an anime, like manga. It's so <laughs> bright and colorful, and yeah, this looks great. It's one of my. It's one of my Japanese anime. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like everything about it. I will have to read that now. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's fast read as well. It's been a while since I've actually read something by Zub, which I know is weird to say because he's been on the show a bunch yeah. and we like him a whole bunch. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard sometimes. I'll have to make that a thing that I will read and I will enjoy. Yeah, it was great. Uh, what else was this week? Uh, oh, Detective Comics 1041. This story has overstayed its welcome, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I kind of felt that like it should have ended maybe two issues ago. Yeah, I, I, I'm sick of Mr. Vile and Mr. Worth now and all the Mr. characters. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why, like, like it wasn't last issue, it was the issue before that, where, like, oh, we're suddenly getting, like, a backstory on Mr. Vile. But it's not mm. really a backstory, because we're not going to tell you about the parasite and whatnot. No, no. We're just going to say it's, he had it. It's, it's really weird. It gets even crazier, too, because it's like, come on, guys, you're actually repeating yourself now. Because when this series started, oh, Batman, I have no money, I have no mansion. Oh, no, now I have no brownstone and no money, but you already did before. Oh, well, you know, I'm being suspected of the murder of Sarah Worth. Oh, well, I've cleared my name, but Mr. Worth doesn't care, and he's still trying to kill me anyway, so it's like I didn't. And I'm like, okay, you're repeating stuff now. Yeah, so it's like none of this really kind of mattered. (laughs) No, in the long run, which is a shame. Penguin is here too. Penguin had a fun backup, but Penguin is playing second fiddle to Worth. Yeah, he's like he's like the guy like he's like the middleman between he's like the recruitment agent for him. Yeah, yeah. Like, here, take all my men. I'll like hire them out for you for like the day. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird place for him to be. Also, there's like some new lady leader of the Falcones. I'm like, when when did that happen? Did I miss that? What book was that? In? Yeah, when did that happen? Because aren't the aren't the Falcones also in Nightwing? Oh yeah, that's right. Well, well, yeah, yeah, that's where the that's where the guys went. So I'm guessing is she like a daughter or a niece who's oh, God, running another stuff? Another daughter or niece? God damn it! <laughs> just just what we need, right? More fucking mafia <laughs> kids there. But believe it, the backup story was much more different. Uh, was much more interesting with Deb Donovan uh, setting up what is a task force uh, Zed, the zombie book. Oh, okay then. 
yeah, she's investigating a bunch of villains who are dead. Where it's like, oh, Bane's fucking dead. Look at his body in the morgue. Oh, hey, uh, fucking Man Bat's dead. Look at his body in the morgue. What do you mean a body's missing? Hope how's, it's not a zombie. How's Man Bat dead? He's he's in Justice League Dark helping helping Doctor Fate with his helmet. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't read the last Detective Comics uh, backup story. I have. I, I'm I'm like an issue behind. Yeah. They they kill him in a backup. They devote oh, a whole story to him so they can kill him so he can be a zombie for Task Force <laughs> Z. Okay. Uh, George G, have you guys heard about Transformer Shattered Glass Mini that's coming out soon? It's supposed to be like Earth 3. I have not. I don't know that much about the Transformers books. I know the people who love them love them a lot, though. Well, like, so, like, like trans like evil crime syndicate Transformers? So, like, an evil that's Optimus Prime sort of thing? I'm Optimus Negative now. <laughs> Subprime. <laughs> I'm th- I I, I, I want to say that's an actual thing, though. <laughs> it's got to be. That's the thing with Transformers. It's been going for so long. There has to be one of those. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only other noteworthy thing about that backup is that uh, Red Hood's there at the end because he's going to be the star of Task Force X. And, oh, look, I'm wearing my old costume again. No. Okay. I decided to ditch the Scott Lobdell costume and everyone's a lot happier about it. Yeah. So there you go. That's the only thing that mattered. <laughs> and Bat- Batman got in, uh, got his uh, old costume, didn't he? Yeah, because they blew up his house and all of his shit. So Oracle had to point him towards like a cache of stuff. And he's like, "Oh, look, my blue suit. I had it in a flashback last issue, but now I'm just wearing it." <laughs> People liked it in that last issue, so this is what we're doing going forward. <laughs> it's a good suit. I mean, yeah. shit. I'm sure. I, I'm sure I've said this on another episode, but if I had my way. He wears the black suit in Batman. He wears the blue suit in Detective. Don't ask how and why. Yeah, yeah. He wears like the bit, the big yellow, big mm-hmm. yellow one. Yep. He just does. Yep. He just does it. They're two equally good suits. We should have them. <laughs> so yeah, that was Detective. It's yeah, it's 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 losing me. I'm not gonna lie. It needs to be shaken up very it soon. Feels like, it feels like yeah, it feels. Oh, I think Fear State might do that. Like that's they probably like feels like they were treading water till Fear State maybe it's one of those weird things where it's like hey your backup stories need to set up task force z and you also need to wait for fear state so don't start nothing new yeah which sucks that that feels like the sort of mandate that would make someone leave for Substack. (laughs) what do you mean i gotta pull out this story longer than intended okay uh i i had two last ones what about you cool uh i had uh justice league last ride I had this too. This was one of my last two. Yeah, this was a good issue. This kind of explained this, all about how Martian Manhunter died. Yeah, this one really heated up. The issue before this was kind of like slow and ponderous and a mood piece. This one like actually kicked in the turbos pretty hard. Yeah, so we learned we learned Martian Manhunter had to like uh, stop Apocalypse from uh, basically being alive. Uh, he kind of had to kill a planet to stop all the boom nukes. Uh, from teleporting into earth and destroying everything and to do that he had to like go to the core and like vent the core which meant fire which is obviously Mm. his weakness and the planet core uh (laughs) wonder woman couldn't do it because she's too injured but and superman was too far away but superman Mm -hmm. still wanted to do it because he's superman and wants to do everything yeah, he he abandoned Green Lantern in the mm-hmm. middle of that fight with Darkseid, which only strengthens my theory that Hal and the Core are actually the secret villains of this story. So, I think that'd be good, but the thing is, like, uh, the, they mentioned later on in the book that the United Planets and Hal protected New Genesis and the New Gods 
but the new gods were murdered that's like how all this mm-hmm. began mm-hmm. somebody's lying either the united yeah. nations the planets is lying or the core is lying yeah yeah and in fact lobo gets fucking really hannibal lecter this issue getting inside everyone's heads yeah. and being like hey you know i'm i'm just a bounty hunter you know i just get paid to kill people but who's really responsible me for pulling the trigger or the person for putting money in my wallet well i guess it's like you superman does you know the person who give the order responsible for the death <laughs> and it's like ooh, yeah he's he's fucking with all their heads <laughs> very much which is a side of lobo you never see you never see him as like a mental chess player guy yeah yeah it kind of gives him like a little bit more uh like he's not just yeah a little bit more depth he's not just like some big lughead who just like hits things really hard Mm -hmm. he's he he can fuck with your mind as well and and uh and make you start believing things that are maybe not true but but again Mm -hmm. even like superman starts believing him because he's like yeah well you know lobo like he is like kind of a dickhead but he's a very blunt dickhead like he there's not really any lies in like what he says if he killed the new gods he'd be bragging about it and he isn't yeah which should tell you something uh it's funny too you know we see hal and batman hang out and hal being like it's not your fault nobody blames you and he's like i blame me because i'm batman and i'm supposed to be two steps ahead everyone knows superman can't be everywhere at once but everyone knows that batman is like the smartest the bestest can do anything and i wasn't that day and it broke up the whole team and i'm like oh that's interesting yeah i should have like i'm always two steps ahead i wasn't this time and i should have been there to be able to direct where superman could go because he wants to be everywhere at once that's an interesting it, dynamic it is it's a fun take too because you know when you think like oh the justice league broke up this is their last ride it's like oh, okay who who betrayed who who killed who who did what no they didn't break up because someone did something bad they broke up because they all felt like they could have done more mm-hmm. and because they lost a friend they all have spent these last couple of years just beating themselves up over it yeah they all feel responsible for his death in one way or another if I couldn't save this member of the team, then maybe we shouldn't be a team at all. Cause if I lost another one of you, I don't know what I'd do with myself. Exactly. Yeah. Which is very interesting. And a cool and it, take. It's, it's really this. different as well. Cause they could have easily done this whole thing where it's like, Oh yeah, the team died. Superman went fucking crazy. And he's another mm-hmm. evil Superman. It was like, no, this yep. is like really what would actually happen if Superman like lost someone he cared about. Yeah. Again, it would, it would rattle them and rattle them. It does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, at the end, we find that like Mongol has come uh, mm-hmm. looking for Lobo, and then also Mad Max, Cyborg, Superman with his army of uh, Manhunters, who is also Brainiac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like Brainiac, like fused with Bizarro, Superman, with Cyborg, Superman, because he's like purple, and yeah, it's really crazy. <laughs> it's it's all the superman villains in one i'm like man that's such a cool idea brainiac uploading himself to cyborg superman why have they not done that before that's a cool idea yeah, it's too smart too smart i guess so too smart too smart but yeah that one was uh that one's pretty solid i wasn't sure about this series after it was all like kind of wistful and like reflective and i'm like uh, you know this one feels like it's gonna read better when it's all done but this is the issue that hooked me back in a big way yeah it's got three issues left yeah, it's much longer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, originally it was meant to be a digital series in 16 oh. chapters, and they condensed oh, it wow. down into seven books. Fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to read 16 chapters. Yeah, well, it would have been shorter, yeah, and probably weekly. Yeah, I, I had one last one. What about you? Uh, what'd you have? Uh, X-Force, 21 and 22. Oh, what happened in X-Force? Well, the Beast War Crimes, what's going on? 
Uh, believe it or not, there was a problem this time that wasn't Beast's fault, if you can fucking <laughs> believe it. It's amazing, I know. Uh, a bunch of mutant advocates uh, start committing violent crimes, and uh, they don't know why, but they know that they've been exposed to some kind of weird spore telephonic plant technology, and everyone starts looking at Beast, where it's like, hey, isn't this what you did? <laughs> isn't this what you tried to do at the big Hellfire Club party? He's like, for once, it's not actually me. This is, this is a crossbow situation where clearly a bunch of cultures all over the world came to the same weaponized plant ID at the same time that we did. <laughs> And uh, this causes them to try and track down a character who I didn't even know existed because he was invented like in 2020 by Benjamin Percy in a Weapon Plus miniseries. Uh, it's not Man-Thing. It's another similar plant monster creature guy called Man-Slaughter. Called Thing-Man. Thing-Man. Plant-Plant. <laughs> it's basically that. Yeah, he's he, he's like a big, viney, freaking Bigfoot. And, you know, him and Wolverine get along because Wolverine's like, yeah, man, I know what it's like to, you know, wander around the woods and, you know, try and hide from the pain of the world and everything. And I was in a weapon blank program, too. Maybe you can help us. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Kali there, X-Force continues to shit in the shithead beast saga still. <laughs> like, the Runaway series ending was good. Same goes for Spider-Man, uh, TSS. I mixed on Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, Life Story came out this I, week, I too. Was I didn't get talk a about that. It. I was going to talk about that one next. I'm going to get to that one eventually, because I know that one's a lot to take in. But, uh, yeah, we eventually find out that Zeno is behind all of this. They found the doctor that made man slaughter. And because his wife OD'd on mutant medicine, they gave him a bunch of funding and money to try and weaponize the spores. <laughs> Which is bad, because that means, ooh, we can hack the mutant's portal tech, and we can actually get into Prokoa if we want. Yep, yep. They do that. That's a whole thing. And then, like, Manslaughter pulls out probably the biggest big dick move I've ever seen in a fight, where it's like, hey, Bloodroot, that's the doctor who created him. I see you turned yourself into a big fucking monster and everything. Well, uh, I've been talking to the trees, because mm -hmm. I can do that. And uh, there's one particular tree in the park that uh, saw your wife scoring the drugs that killed her. Uh, it's funny, the guy selling the drugs had a peacock tattoo on his arm. <laughs> So Zeno fucking set him up from the beginning, and he's like, ah, I can't handle it, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the story ends. It's just a fun little twofer. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll learn that Beast was behind all this or something. Yeah, ah, this is another one of my, my, my wartime experiments. <laughs> Beast actually is leading Zeno from behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you see, for my X-Force team to work, I had to set up an ultimate enemy. We already had Orchis, so I had to create someone <laughs> lower on the totem pole for us to fight. <laughs> That's why that guy wears a mask. He's actually blue under there. Yeah, yeah, it's Beast, yeah. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> Also, wasn't Colossus's brother involved with them, too, when he stole a sword? What the fuck happened with that? Yeah. Yeah, remember yeah. the stolen sword we thought yeah. was going to be important for X of Swords, and then it just wasn't? Yeah, that was probably, like, on the cutting room floor. It's like, we, we've got this sword here, we could use that, but yeah, nah, we'll, we'll, use, we'll use cable sword instead. Yeah, I guess it, you know, that probably was, like, a last minute, like, we could do this, or we could use cable. Yeah. <laughs> No, you know what it probably was? Wolverine was probably supposed to get one story and X-Force was supposed to get a story. Then they're like, fuck it, these are Combine both Wolverine them. stories now. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the only one who got two. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to sell more Wolverine. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that. Uh, what was your was last it? one? Uh, well, mine was Life Story issue three. 
Right, 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 right. Yeah, a lo lot of stuff happened in the last issue. Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic got divorced. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened in this issue. The divorce was finalized. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah, no, so this is this is the 80s set one. Uh, uh, Reed and Tony are still trying to uh, convince the government, now the Reagan administration, mm. uh, that they need to protect the world. And they, they've come up with like a, uh, it's kind of like a sword prototype sort of thing it's not called sword right. it's called like strategic defense something um, right right and yeah they they was like yeah we'll use this to protect it from like threats from like the cosmos and everything and but they're like yeah but you know it's an election year and you know <laughs> these russians over here are like annoying us can we like maybe like turn it in on ourselves and he's like you you fucking high you gotta point a gun at your own head uh, yes you know? Uh, yeah yeah they're like yeah yeah sure you know it'll do well for the numbers and all that sort of stuff so and reed's like really pissed at them and leaves and he, he's like thinking about it for like a long time and uh meanwhile we've got johnny who's like kind of acting more of a father to franklin than reed is and, yes uh, he's very absent yeah and we, we it is, uh, he's kind of like playing that like fun uncle but also a parent as well sort of teach because right, right. like uh franklin got sent off to like a uh like a, a fancy boarding school because he thinks like <laughs> he's, he's he says like oh he thinks he got sent there because it's so his parents can get rid of him and then he realized it's so his parents uh put him there only because they paid people a ton of money basically just to look after him so they didn't right. have to deal with him um mm. so yeah johnny's sort of dealing with him and uh sue is still married to uh namor who looks like a fucking miami vice drug dealer <laughs> he's got like he's got like the pastel shirt and like the, the big fucking blazer and he doesn't wear shoes or anything and <laughs> the ultimate rebound guy <laughs> yeah um and uh one of the main uh parts of the issue is set in the united nations it's like the anniversary of when dr doom attacked last issue um, yeah, yeah, and we yeah. find that because Latveria has like got spies everywhere and it's like a disillusioned country and everything doom is actually locked up in the un because it's like <laughs> neutral territory they can't get him or anything uh so oh, <laughs> there's a great scene where he's like they walk past the cells and then like doom sticks his hand out and he's like yelling at the representatives of uruguay and he's like come to me doom commands you <laughs> it's, it's like, and they're not paying attention but yeah uh uh johnny tries to like warn the un that like hey galactus is happening yeah the soviets are there that you know they're fine if galactus doesn't get us stuff like uh fucking climate change or <laughs> like you know video games and stuff will fucking kill us you know computers and stuff um you, you see galactus is really more a standard for the existential dread heat death of the universe yeah, that will kill yeah, us all yeah pretty much um one of the key players in this uh, in this decade is uh, a guy called Jose Santini. I had to look this character up because I'm like, this is this th is this like a, a uh, an original character? No, it's this. fucking Mark Russell doing a deep dive. He's like a character from like the '60s, which he did in issue one too yeah. with that doctor. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? Oh, he was a villain in one issue. Yeah, and he's he's like a tech genius who's like trying to revolutionize like computers and stuff. So like computers so like we kind of rely on computers to save ourselves from ourselves and he's one of the brain men uh behind uh the star wars initiative that reagan had uh... and um uh yeah he's like getting his hands in all where reed wanted it and sort of playing to the right people and he uh one of those things is he needed dr doom's help because doom sort of mm. understands what's happening 
Uh, we actually learn out once he gets Doom out of prison that uh, this guy wasn't actually who he said he was and was actually the mad thinker. Ah, fun. It's cool. He's got like he he's got like this spray sprays on his face and his face melts off and turns back into the mad thinker. And um, yeah, it's just like them the family going through like the life while uh, Mad Thinker and Doom sort of try and come up with a way to sort of combat not just Galactus but all threats to them. Uh, and that leads to his computers being installed all across the nation's like military installations. Oh. And he like hacks them and makes it think like the Soviets are launching nukes. So America yeah. launches nukes. So then all the heroes all like your Silver Centurion, Iron Man, your Symbiote, Spider-Man, <laughs> the Thor that was like all armored and like had the beard oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Uh, they all like uh, respond to like all these nukes going rogue and like they take them all down and there's one left and it's about to hit uh what was it about to hit? i think it was about to hit new york and um johnny ends up racing to save it and he blows it up and sucks in all its all its power <laughs> and it ends up killing him oh shit hey that's kind of funny because in that spider-man life story book something similar happened with the nukes being launched but it was vision who sacrificed himself yeah yeah maybe there's interest maybe there's a connection maybe yeah now that i stop and think about it yeah huh yeah, which, which Johnny's died before, and they've replaced him with Spider-Man and a robot and shit. Yeah, so he ends up dying, and the issue ends, like, with his death kind of bringing the family back together, in a way. Right. So, like, they all huh. sort of come back together there at the end. And, yeah, the next issue is the, the 90s, and uh, what's going to happen there? Because, like, again, these characters are aging in real time. Real time. So, like, Spider-Man and Johnny are talking about how, like, they're almost 40, and they're like, hey, we still <laughs> kind shit. of act like kids, and, like... Like, what the fuck do. are we doing? <laughs> well, you know, they're going to get really into grunge music is what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Sue will start dating, like, Kurt Cobain or something. Oh, that'll be fun and also very sad. <laughs> no, she'll save him in yeah, this universe. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. She'll, she'll use her shield powers to stop the bullet and get him some therapy. <laughs> Whoa, Kirk, what the fuck, man? Dude, God, glad it, you're the voice of a generation. You can't die now. Holy shit. <laughs> That's what Dude, reunites get... like the world and like saves the universe from Galactus. <laughs> yeah, you see, he doesn't die. Yeah, and then you know, Kurt Cobain has like a bitchin' unplugged concert as like Galactus is gonna eat the planet. He's like, no, I cannot. This rocks too hard. <laughs> I I do like that. I uh, like Galactus. Like he's not there yet. They they know he's coming, but it's like taking decades. So they have yeah. all this time. But then, like as Reed thinks about this issue, they really don't have all this time because like he's been through like four administrations of the government mm -hmm. who have all just writ him off completely you, you know what you could argue uh you could argue that galactus in this story is an allegory for climate change mm -hmm. itself yeah, and yeah, that every yeah. and that and that all the smart people are like no it's gonna kill us all it's gonna kill us all and all the oh you know, that's politicians absolutely and administrations, what it is yeah just keep shoving it down and shoving it down the line and even the fantastic for themselves are like, god geez i wanted to do something but life keeps getting in the way again i it's like um yeah was it like an allegory for that and like allegory for stuff like uh like the aids epidemic which mm. i don't think was referenced in this book i might have to read it through again but i don't think it was like overtly referenced so again like, they would it's like stuff like that yeah climate change the aids epidemic all that sort of stuff we I mean, we, we always get like little snapshots there. Like we saw like Sue fighting for women's suffrage and everything. <laughs> and like Johnny hanging out with like Yoko Ono and John Lennon and everything. Yeah. Maybe it was one of those things where it was just like a mini panel. Yeah. Yeah. There were, were a couple of panels of like Johnny trying to like, he's you know, almost 40s trying to relive his youth sort of thing. He owns a Trans Am. 
a black of trans course. am because of course yeah getting my sweet trans am <laughs> dude you can fly you're made of fire <laughs> yeah but this car is fucking hotter than i'm surprised it, i didn't notice it though I, it didn't have like a big like flaming eagle on it as it really should yeah, yeah. Even, even he's like no nah, that's too tacky <laughs> no no gene gray's got that like like uh you know locked down can't do that True. yeah exactly gene walks by that motherfucker stole my thing <laughs> <laughs> give me give me it back yeah as the chat says yeah i wonder if uh what is it peter will join the team ever so uh briefly as he did in the comics when i could Johnny see that because they yeah they do play up their relationship a little bit this issue with them sort of like just being pals just like joking around and stuff like that i could see that yeah who knows or or like i mean by the time like the 90s hit franklin's gonna be in his like like late teenage years i imagine hmm. he might be part of the team he hasn't shown to have any powers yet has oh he? no he has yeah in this issue he got oh. like uh sent home from school because he like almost killed everyone his powers Look. like started and like amplified everyone's mind and everything <laughs> What are, what are the odds he's the one who defeats Galactus and it's a whole thing like, hey, you know, children of the future, it's the up to you to... Yeah. yeah, it's up to you to stop climate change, well, uh, Galactus. Sorry, think, we fucked it up. I think that's going to happen because all through these books, they've they've sort of... Uh, Mark has sort of, like, highlighted the fact that Sue and Reed kind of dis disregard their son like they don't mm -hmm. pay that much attention to him. <laughs> the answer was right in front of yeah. you, dumb dumb. Again, it's like, boom is just like you know not paying a whole attention lost to their generation. generation yeah yeah i i could see that happening yeah a whole lost generation of kids if that's the case and that's where they go then this is even more genius than i thought yeah. oh again it's mark russell he does all this sort of cool stuff and I, I just love this book it's so good yeah i again i loved what they did with doom too where it's like no yeah i didn't meet you in school i i was like a guy who stole you away from your wife in like a midlife crisis but it yeah. wasn't an affair it was building an armor with me yeah yeah it was yeah taking advantage of reed's like laser focus and, and yep. for his own goods and yeah kind of kind of like like a little con man sort of thing very he was the devil on his shoulder and he ended up fucking him over and he ended up losing everything because of it i like that that he doesn't even he doesn't lose that whole uh uh grandiose doom aesthetic either he still refers no. to himself as doom and like yep. and like views himself as like king of the world sort of thing <laughs> yep yeah it's it's fun it's a fun take on it's it it's great yeah all right i guess that i'll just about do it for the show everyone this was a long one i haven't checked the time yet but i can two only and imagine a half this. hours holy fuck which hey you know longer show did better last yeah. week when we did it so hey we I had know, really good numbers we had almost 100 people here at one point we did thank you everyone for coming and checking out and thank you everyone for donating as yes. always be sure to check out our sponsor uh wild bills craft so i'll put the link down in the description if you use our promo code there uh you can get a uh discount on your first order which is very mm -hmm. good especially in these hot summer months yeah. you want something sweet and delicious uh if you're a patron uh, which you can become for as little as a dollar a month. You will be sure to get uh, the audio version of this show first before anyone else, and then the video version later on for five, if that's your thing. You can do that completely ad-free. You'll be helping us out. You'll be helping the channel out. You'll be helping keeping keeping this ship a-rolling, because ships yeah. roll. Yeah. You'll be helping this jungle cruise rock along. <laughs> uh, that's like a joke and that they would say in the film for real <laughs> yeah no yeah the whole whole film the joke uh, uh the joke is that uh the rock is making like dad jokes and it's great it's great it's fantastic every one of them lands he's the only one who can get away with it <laughs> yeah 
So yeah, thank you everyone for watching and listening. We hope you had a lot of fun. We knew this was going to be a big one with all the big topics there. These these are the special ones, everyone. Yeah. So again, we appreciate you for spending your Sunday night with us, and we'll be back again next week, same place, same time, to do it all over again. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so until then, everyone, uh, bye-bye. See ya.